Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Out here. Do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? My position is that I was not disrespectful to Mr. Phillips. I don't need to fight. There's something aggressive about standing there. In hindsight, I wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing. I don't need to be forgiven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you hear anyone say build that wall. I did hear that. What exactly is the nature of your service? <laughs> what I've always said is I've never stepped foot in South Vietnam. How much clear can that be? I doubt it. You are fake news. You suck. Yes, Very fake news. Gang, where you over here? Get Can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can all write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always. By my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Thank you. We had a uh, great discussion with Lior Lesser, known on YouTube as YouTuber Law. We've we talked about him previously a few weeks ago. He's attracting a lot of attention lately, of course, because he's working on filing a formal complaint with the FTC about Patreon and PayPal's behavior in deplatforming Subscribestar. More news on Subscribestar shortly as well. But we're going to air that. We're going to try something new. We're going to air the interview halfway through the show. So we'll see if I press the buttons right and handle the technical <laughs> correctly. 90% chance of technical difficulties. Doing then. a pre-taped interview in the <laughs> middle. We'll see. Uh, but first, the government shutdown is temporarily ended after Trump agrees to open and fund the government. Uh, no wall funding, notably. But uh, border security negotiations are supposed to continue. Mm. Uh, yeah. Until we're back in the same mess come February 15th. A <laughs> uh, lot of different opinions on this. I'm excited to hear yours. I, I, I have my prediction about how this is going to go, I think. I'm fairly confident in it. And I don't think you'll necessarily be happy with it, unfortunately. You're but probably right, though. We'll see. The, uh, the FBI raids the Florida home of Roger Stone after Robert Mueller indicts him on several charges. And, uh, wow, CNN is right there. In the early morning hours to film yes. it all. Just right there, waiting. Did they get tipped? I mean, I understand the conspiratorial thinking. I also believe that CNN is so insane on the Russia story that it's conceivable to me they just camped outside Roger Stone's house. I mean, how and all. have they been camped out there? Somebody had to tip them off. They're claiming that they just had the eye on the grand jury proceedings in D.C. and they're just that good. I don't know. I mean, I, I could I think either explanation is plausible. So right. we'll get into it. 
the whole week, of course, was consumed by the story we covered at length last Sunday. These Covington kids, both um, Nathan Sandman, the violent smirker at the center <laughs> of it all. And uh, I'm going to go with Chief Dindu. Chief <gasps> Dindu Nuffin, uh, Nathan Phillips, appeared on the Today Show this week. Yeah. For some uh, truly awful interviews, we will check out both of them yeah. by Savannah Guthrie. We're going to grill the kid and we're going to softball the adult and let him lie. There's at least three major lie, lies. Lie, lie, lie. Maybe more. God. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the show, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has some insane things to say at a Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. Got to be very careful. News on that guy coming up shortly because we thought he was out of the woods. He's not. Martin Luther King Day, Junior Day. I already screwed it up. Martin Luther King Junior Day you conference. You screw it up in the way that's important, though. Yeah. For AOC, we'll check in there. And yet another transgender person has a public freakout, this time at an Alamo car rental store. That's that just a, a dude. Just That's yeah. just a guy. Yeah. 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 All right. And then I got some surprise cringe for you, too. But again, I don't think this one is uh, is like... I don't think it's going to make you any more accelerationist or collapsitarian. I don't know. It's I'm just... feeling better this week, but you okay. are unrelenting with the surprise cringe. What is this? I've like had some good nominees. Yeah. I, I only take the ones that I think are worthy. This one is a total freak show. So I'm excited for it. Are our listeners sending these in to antagonize me? Is that what they, I did get several? Uh, I saw this myself and they also sent it to me. Uh, several people did. So both. Fine. And of course, we're going to take super chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for supporting the show on mattchristiansonmedia.com. And thanks for emailing us. That's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. If you'd like to take the show on the go in an audio format, Find uh, all those platforms linked in the description, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. Speaking of the website, remember uh, mattchristiansonmedia.com is now live, so you can find uh, all my podcast and video content there. Plus, it has built-in recurring and one-time support options for Blonde and I individually and for us together through the podcast here. So we had a really great response to the website this week. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who came over and is helping us build an independent home because the great Patreon delete is coming sometime this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when I'm planning to do that. So thanks to everybody who did come over to check the website out. If you haven't uh, yet, go check it out. And and, uh, if you feel like supporting us over there as well, we're, we're more than grateful for that. Other news. It seems like we've been updating this story, uh, the whole Patreon saga ever since it broke. But, you know, we got to keep people informed. Subscribestar is back now yeah. and specifically our accounts. I, I don't know if is yours back online. I know my personal one. Yeah. Is, and and uh, I didn't have to set it back up. They just fixed it for me and emailed me. OK, so all three Subscribestar accounts, mine individually, yours individually and the podcast for uh, for both of us jointly. They're back up and running. If So if you were on Subscribestar before, I mentioned last Sunday, for me, I actually had to re-enter my financial information for the people I'm supporting over there. Oh, really? I, I don't know if that's the case. Now I'm seeing that maybe they can actually just make that transition smoothly. But if you plan on staying on Subscribestar for supporting us or for supporting anybody else, you might want to go just check your account, make sure everything's good, and it should be back up and running for our accounts and for a lot of other people's uh, accounts. Um, generally in this same arena. Um, of course, I'd like as many people to come over to our website as possible, but I will say this about Subscribestar. Uh, despite the deplatforming, they have been resilient 
and they have stuck to uh, they've stuck to their guns and they've fought back and they haven't backed down. And um, and I know there's a lot of people, myself included, like I just want to support people in one convenient spot. I want to just want to find all the people I like and check the boxes and support it and support them and be done. So if you're one of those people who prefers Subscribestar, of course, we're going to stay over there. And uh, I want to support those guys as much as I can just because they've done the right thing in the face of unjust challenge. So good for them. And I I hope they do well. I hope Subscribestar is the new Patreon in a few years. So now we're colluding with the Russians. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that makes us now legit Russian colluders, which is kind of a badge of honor, too, along with Roger Stone and Paul Manafort and the rest of those Russian colluders. Last little piece of uh, announcement here. Uh, The listener meetup form that I mentioned last week in response to the Denver listener meetup, we had almost 250 people sign up this week. Wow, really? That's so cool. All across the country, international locations. So if you missed last week and uh, you're interested in meeting other show listeners in your area, check out the links to the form and the contacts in the description. So there's a form you can fill out with just basic information about yourself, contact location, that type of stuff. And then you can look at a spreadsheet of uh, all the responses and then you can message people get in touch with people who are in your area i know there was um i got a message about a den or uh, a dallas meetup this week that's already happened so people are already organizing these things did you say international where I, I saw one in like serbia of course there's canada if that counts but i think there might be a couple in europe um, wow that is so cool there, there might have been one in russia too i can't remember awesome. it might be fake news on that but there are some international locations i feel bad shout out to the one guy in serbia <laughs> I, I want to hang out. If you're listening, thank you for making the gesture. But if you guys do host these events, uh, take a picture, send it our way. We'd love to share it on the show. And I'm happy to see that people are, are meeting up with like-minded individuals. That's very, um, it's very cool to see. I mean, we never intended to build a community like this. So it's, it's awesome to see that happening. Yep. Uh, we've been, we've been checking in with the, uh, the few people who are announcing they're running for president each and every day. It seems like now, But um, if you were waiting on pins and needles for Kamala Harris to jump in, she's in. So California Senator uh, Kamala Harris, she announced on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. She's running uh, in uh, and she announced this in Oakland, California. Of course, she being from California, she appeared on Good Morning America as well to make a national announcement. And she's running under the campaign slogan for the people. It's just Kamala Harris for the people. It's got a very colorful logo too. Oh god. I don't know if it's in here. Maybe it's not. I don't see it in this in this article. But yeah. That's the other trend with these candidates is they're ditching the traditional like red, white, and blue. Kirsten Gillibrand, who we'll hear from momentarily, regrettably. <laughs> She's going with like this pink logo. Kamala Harris has this like weird orange and purple bit. Uh Tulsi Gabbard has this like I've seen this like sunrise like weird color bit. Somebody else had teal. Nobody's being, nobody's just doing the regular American colors anymore. There's no strong front runner. I don't know what the plan is. They're just going to throw a bunch of meteor, mediocre candidates in. But I think uh, well, Kamala Harris, I think that she's going to be the one. I don't know. I think people might be jumping in the Kirsten Gillibrand camp after She's her. so unlikable. And then the pandering. <laughs> Was that your transition? Did I just ruin your transition? Well, the one I had written in here is because, of course, you've got Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, Elizabeth Warren, and Kirsten Gillibrand, too. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's check in with her firing up the crowd on MLK Day. Ugh, don't make me this, watch this again. This is at the National Action Network's House of Justice. She introduced her campaign as a spiritual fight against darkness with Al Sharpton at her side. Here's Kirsten Gillibrand. 
note of faith, as Dr. King said, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. So hold on to that faith tightly. We will wield the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God, and the good book promises us the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hold on, let me get out my hot sauce and grape soda. Oh my and god, we'll, we'll I know. have a little some, luncheon. Throw some good, flaming hot Cheetos at her. Good yeah. God. The pandering is just incredible. The delivery was so bad that it reminds me of watching somebody bomb doing stand-up comedy. That's how I felt. Yeah, like, I, I I was thinking of like a high school speech and drama event where you're doing like a persuasive speech and you're a little too into it, but also it just seems really forced. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh that's that's probably the least charismatic political speech I've ever seen, which and is who's interesting. who's that sitting behind her? Who, who is that? Well, of course, you got Al Sharpton right behind her, yeah. <laughs> who's maybe even less charismatic and politically yeah. interesting than she is. I just, so, this just seems really delusional to me. Like, you know that the audience is like, this cracker does not understand our plight. Get her off stage. But just, yeah. she doesn't believe it. That's why her delivery was so bad. She's well, like, I'm full of shit. <laughs> yeah, she is. I keep calling her discount Hillary because that's exactly what she is. It's like, do you want a more affordable, even less charismatic Hillary Clinton? Oh, yeah. And then the yeah. person signing, it's like, how many, how many deaf people are in the audience? <sighs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, probably none. Uh, anyway, the... the, the <laughs> It's uh oh the other thing I was going to say too uh, speaking of Hillary uh because of course it's um it's expected that Joe Biden and uh even Bernie is rumored to be interested in running again but speaking of Hillary do not count her out this report I see at the New York Daily News Hillary Clinton reportedly may run for president again in 2020 this according to sources with knowledge speaking to um CNN White House correspondent oh my God. Jeff Zelani. I would love that so much. That would be so amazing. Don't stop believing, I guess. She honestly, she's the one candidate I f- maybe this is foolish or naive. She's the one candidate I fear the least oh, out no, of that's, all of them. That's totally realistic. I think the Dems will not allow that. Hmm. She lost yeah. her chance. You know? It would be poetic justice if they rig the uh, primary against her. That would <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of all this uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day events from the last week, recall that we had um, this. Uh, of course, I talked about the weatherman who was fired for saying it. And then there was another guy in St. Louis that we checked in on last week who said it accidentally. Martin Luther Coon Jr. He said accidentally. And the station was standing by him. Well, something has changed because now the station, I think they got invaded by the NAACP. Ah, Legit. Like, because that was the interest group that was involved earlier. Now they've backed off. They've changed their tune. And this guy is going to take time off. Supposedly, it was like a joint agreement between this guy and the station that he has come to terms with his sins and he needs time away from the camera to atone and earn trust back. This Did he is do a of, minute of flogging? Is that what happened? It is one of the worst apologies. Like it's bad know. enough to apologize, but listen to what this guy says in response to what is an obvious mistake. Here's the mistake again to play it for you. Back here at home, a special event will get underway this morning to remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s oh, life. Yes. Okay. Obviously a mistake, but now he's saying he's going to take all this time off the air because he needs to like think about what he's done, basically. But listen to how hyperbolic and insane this language is. Last week, I apologized for misspeaking. I've since had the opportunity to reflect and to learn. 
what I should have done then and what I'm doing now is apologize for the pain my mistake caused. I am truly sorry. Words matter. Words have been and still are used to inflict pain and to make people feel less than equal. Ugh. I know that. I know my words, especially in the context of Dr. King's name and heading into the weekend when we celebrate his birth, inflicted and reopened deep wounds for my friends, my colleagues, and you, our viewers. No apology can heal those wounds. I will live the rest of my life knowing how much pain I caused. For 22 oh years, God. I've reported and anchored the news on Fox 2. Now my job is to regain the trust of our entire community. Station management and I have agreed that I need to step away from the anchor desk for now. I will begin working now to regain your trust. I know the work I need to do will take time, and I will do everything I can do to address the pain I caused. I want you to know I am committed to doing what it takes for all of you to welcome me back into your homes again. Okay. Oh my God, what a pussy. Ugh. It's like who? <clears throat> who has been wounded mortally by these words? And, and secondly, who lost trust in you? Who's right. like, oh man, that was my go-to morning news guy until he slipped up with a word I mean, this is St. Once. Louis, right? Yes. There's a huge black community, so I'm sure that that's what they're concerned about. Um, but my God, I mean, he really laid it on thick there. And yeah. at this point, they should know that nobody's going to take you seriously if you apologize. They're not going to treat you any differently. They're not going to forgive you. So yeah. just don't apologize. It was, it was, he misspoke. It's okay. It happens yeah. to everybody. He didn't mean anything by it. Just don't say anything. To your point about the <laughs> St. Louis market, if you... The only place I'm able to find the source material is in that cell phone recording from somebody who posted it to YouTube. If you go watch the source material, it's people who sound African-American viewing this, mm -hmm. watching it going, yeah. did he say coon rewinding it three times? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they go and then they go in and then they say, look how many other times this has happened. And they splice in <laughs> Jeremy Kappel, the, the, the guy in Rochester. They show all those other examples I showed yeah. in my video, three or four examples of but other people. But we talked people. about why this happens. It's because it's one of those things where you fall into the next word. Yeah. And if you listen to it, nobody's actually saying coon. It's like coon. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, they, it's they coon don't, they don't, yeah. with a G. <clears throat> but that's the point is this person who made this video and presumably applied some pressure to the station or this newscaster sees all these other examples and thinks, look at all these examples of racism. Whereas you and I and other people like us see all those other examples and think, yeah, look how many other people are saying this because it's a common mistake. It's right. weird how you can look at the same piece of evidence and come <laughs> to wildly different conclusions. Did he but, actually say that words inflict pain? Something to that effect. Yeah. Huh? Words matter. And, well, I would uh, agree with him there to some degree, but we, we've got to drop this attitude as a society that words are literally inflicting physical pain and wounds. damage. He said wounds. That's just, that's yeah. asinine. Hmm. <sighs> well, speaking of uh, mortality. Not mm. your finest. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Fox made a, uh, Fox and Friends made an apparent slip up this week. Uh, this was Monday, I think. They accidentally aired this graphic that says Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 1933 through 2019. Whoops. 
That seems like quite a major mistake. Yeah, Later like in the, the show, rest of us, Fox News is ready for Ruth Bader Ginsburg to die. <laughs> Later in the show, the hosts acknowledged the graphic by saying it was a control room error and, and that their understanding is Ginsburg is still recovering from lung surgery, uh-huh. but alive nonetheless. So, when's the last time she appeared in public? I Yeah, need or to know you that. heard anything about her. Yeah. My Other parents than correctly she's... pointed out to me that there has been no news on her in the last, I don't know, five to seven days. She's working from home in a cryo chamber. <laughs> don't you know? Uh, Steve Ducey said, we don't want to make it seem anything other than uh, than what it was, which is a mistake. It was an accident. We apologize. Big mistake. Uh, another Fox personality said, media, media, I reached out to Fox News for comment. They said this was a technical error that emanated from the graphics team. Uh, either Fox is just prepping for the inevitable, which seems like the likely answer, or tinfoil time they know something that we don't yeah she's probably already dead she's probably been dead for like five days Mm. or died during the surgery or something like oh she can't come to oral arguments well speaking of uh the supreme court the transgender ban well they they chose basically not to take any action on this it's going to go into effect so in a five to four order presumably ginsburg joined the liberal four justices uh, on the minority but I don't know who joined who. I'm just guessing that. The justices took no stance on the legality of the transgender ban for military service first announced by that Trump tweet in summer 2017. I remember covering that with you and thinking, yeah. wow, this the outrage from this is going to be juicy. Yeah. Uh, th- get this. According to government estimates, some 9,000 service members identify as transgender. That sounds That cannot be true. And if high. true, that is a serious problem. But uh, the Pentagon is not immediately putting transgender restrictions in place in response to this uh, due to another lawsuit in process in Maryland. In that case, there's still an active injunction in effect, but that uh, that injunction is expected to be paused soon based on the Supreme Court's decision here. So sounds like this this transgender ban is going to go into effect. Good. Meanwhile, Trump, uh, your guy Trump decided to end the government shutdown temporarily on uh, Friday and somewhat of a surprise move. I was a little bit surprised to see this action taken, but uh, he he's agreeing with Democrats to reopen the federal government for three weeks while border security negotiations continue. Uh, all normal federal government operations have been restored and funded until February 15th. Furloughed workers will be paid, including back pay. Notably, of course, zero money, for the wall in this particular deal. Uh, Trump is floating the national emergency declaration idea as a way to get the wall if congressional negotiations continue to fail. He says, quote, if we don't get a deal, uh, a fair deal from Congress, the government will either shut down on February 15th or I will use the powers afforded to me under the laws and constitution of the United States to address this emergency. I have some uh, some thoughts about this, but I'll punt to you if you want to go first. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to say. I mean, of course, this is disappointing, but it was the longest government sh- shutdown. I expected this to happen. And, um, you know, like we talked about last week, uh, he was continuing to negotiate and drop the numbers. So, I mean, five billion dollars, that's not squat. It builds 100 miles of the wall. He had already yeah. negotiated to such a low level that I knew that he was going to knew he was going to fold. Now, if he does this national emergency declaration, um, you know, I'll change my tune. But right now, he looks like a giant pussy. Hmm. I think, and I think that's the cynical view. Like, if I'm interpreting this in the various ways I can, the cynical view is what you're saying, that he caved when public opinion was against him and he gained absolutely nothing as of now. 
Well, change. he's a populist, though. We also should have expected that he was going to be kind of malleable. Yeah. I think the optimistic view, if you want to play the, the 40 chess angle or just the strategy angle. So Trump has now put the ball squarely in the Democrats' court. And he offered DACA previously, of course. He's now reopened the government. Democrats are now going to have to explain without any anything to deflect to, without any preconditions or anything, why they oppose a wall specifically on those terms, nothing else. And I think they're maybe just going to say it's immoral and racist like they have been. I think that's kind of a good thing, though, because I think that's a minority opinion. Yeah. OK, I, so, I'll take a little bit of this optimism. I mean, so maybe it works out. That said, if I'm predicting what's going to happen, as we were talking about earlier, I think the Democrats are going to stick to this. I think this is the hill that they're willing to die on they rightfully are, or yeah. wrongly. So I'm going to speculate that these negotiations produce nothing. I think Trump probably will follow through with this emergency declaration. I think you it's, do? I think it's going to, yeah. And I think, I think that's a mistake personally. I, I, I won't be supporting him in that effort, but I think beyond even the philosophical reason I won't, which is, I think it's executive overreach. Congress controls those purse strings. I don't want to set the precedent, even though I'm in favor of the wall, this is a dangerous precedent to be setting, but beyond the philosophical disagreement, I think this thing gets challenged immediately in the courts and it goes down. And then Trump says, oh, no, I did what right, I could. Yeah. I mean, as far as the philosophical issue, you're probably right. But if demographic demise and cultural destruction are not a national emergency, then I don't know what it is. But that's made for acute yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that Congress literally cannot act. Like, the, the situation is so urgent that Congress cannot act. Mm -hmm. And I don't even though I agree that this is a matter of the utmost national importance, I'm not dismissing that. It I would set a dangerous it, precedent. I can see how the left would utilize it. Yeah. I mean, enjoy, enjoy this when you have president Hillary yeah. in, in a few years, if it works out that way. President that, Hillary's I, corpse and. Uh, here's the other thing I was thinking about and I was messaging back and forth with some friends and I heard a great idea on Shapiro's show too that I wanted to, to mention, but I think if Trump really wants to get these negotiations to become effective, he's got to get a little bit more creative and either give, uh, give, uh, Democrats an out that is a way to like shirk responsibility or give them a major incentive that they can't refuse. We, we saw them kind of throw a bone with, or so th uh, we saw him throw a bone with DACA. I don't know that it was big enough bone. So um, so here's the idea uh, for the ultimate challenge. Tell Democrats to fund the wall in full and in exchange, Trump agrees not to run in 2020 or resign and or resign immediately. Imagine the Democrats considering that. Oh, just give yeah. me X billion. Maybe it's more than five. Maybe you want a hundred billion dollars. Give me a hundred billion and I'll quit as I'll sign the, I'll sign the bill and then I'll sign my resignation. And I'll walk out of here. Imagine what a badass move that, that would be. That would be legendary, yeah. I would totally uh, support that as well. Realistically, and this was the idea that was on Shapiro's show, that I think is a fair compromise that lets Trump and Democrats have a little bit of a win each. And that's the, the idea that both parties agree to sign the $5.7 billion over to Border Patrol, and then Border Patrol gets the discretion on how to spend the money. Now, if Trump is right, building a wall is their priority and they'll do it. Now, if that's bullshit, though, you can't build a wall with five point seven billion dollars. Well, the wall where they want it, where they f see it as effective. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's better than nothing. I'll take that over. Oh, nothing. come on. It's well, just I, not super helpful. I, I, is nothing the alternative? We voted for him so he would build a wall. That's why we I voted know, for but him. We also live in a system with checks and balances and Congress. And Democrats and are that. totally unwilling to negotiate. He was just negotiating against himself. He was the only person that was willing to come down. 
I hope he ups the ante a little bit. That's all I'm saying. I just, I hope, I, I think that's the reasonable way to, uh, the, the thing I just described, I think is like the reasonable way to give everybody an out and have a positive outcome generally. I would like to see him make this into more of like an apprentice style game show a little bit. Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah. This is your, this is your issue. This is why people voted for you. If you drop the ball on it, you're going to have, you know, at least Blonde and her friends refusing to vote for you. Yeah. What did Ann Coulter say about him this week? She called him a wimp, right? I, I only listened to her on Bill Maher's show, which. Let me know in the live made... chat. I can't remember exactly what she said, but I, she laid into him pretty, pretty hard the the jokes between her and bill about their implied sexual encounters i could do Ugh, God. <laughs> so many elbows <laughs> so yeah. uh moving right along tell me about uh, what happened with roger stone i've seen the footage and i've heard general descriptions of the indictment and i don't know a lot more so tell me the details so i wanted to read some of the stuff from the washington post article because it was uh hilarious how they phrased this okay so they said the indictment, which was unsealed upon arrest, contained seven counts, one count of obstruction of an official proceeding, five counts of false statements, one count of witness tampering. Uh, this is the real part I wanted to read. The 24-page document goes further than Mueller ever has towards answering the core questions of his probe. Did, tro did Trump um, or those close to him try to conspire with the Kremlin? The indictment notes that before Stone's alleged actions in the summer of 2016, the DNC announced it had been hacked by Russian government operatives, implying that Stone must have known that. The indictment mm. implied that. It does not allege Stone conspired with anyone, but suggests his mission was to find out how stolen material would be made public, something that on its own would not necessarily constitute a crime. <laughs> and this is from the Washington Post, yeah. mind you, too. This isn't even Fox News. What kind of indictment is this? They can just imply that he may have known? Well, it's interesting. I mean, it's like we were talking about before live. It... it it seems like a solid case that he lied, like the dude lied, yeah. but it's but not this pursuant is outside to the, the scope of the investigation. And as right. far as the WikiLeaks are concerned, um, like guessing that it was Podesta. I mean, some people had to know that this was going to happen. He wasn't involved in the hacking. I just am not really sure how this is a crime. Um, the false statements thing, that just seems like a perjury trap. I mean, do you remember what you emailed or texted anybody last week last month i would have no idea if they asked me some of these questions i'd be like i really don't know that being said I mean, he probably did lie yeah i mean this looks to me again i might i've not uh taken a close look at all the specifics here but this looks to me like a manafort repeat where it's like yeah, yeah you probably did some criminal stuff that said it looks like grasping at straws mm -hmm. to the uh, grasping at straws that are well outside the scope of the purpose, uh, the scope of the of the investigation itself. Yeah. That is to say, there's no. I guess I guess if you wanted to make the case for Russian collusion, it's what that he colluded or communicated with WikiLeaks, who apparently may or may not have had relationships with the Russian government. I need somebody so to establish for me that WikiLeaks is some kind of Russian front. That nobody nobody has said that except for Ben yeah. Shapiro. But nobody's well. Told he said me that why. this week, and he didn't really explain it. So I was kind of confused because uh, i presume I there's it. more information to back that up but but again stone even if he's talking with wikileaks yeah that itself i mean it might again you know uh, uh, impeachment is not necessarily a criminal matter it's a political one so maybe this would be sufficient i doubt it but even if that's true it it's just sort of like a shady thing or a questionable thing it's not actually a criminal thing this communication yeah. with wikileaks yeah i think so as well i do want to talk about the indictment 
I don't know really. I, I don't know much about it. I know there were seven charges. Um, and okay. I don't know the specific charges. The center of the indictment um, are the allegations that he attempted to pass messages to Assange through an intermediary, then obstructed the special counsel's investigation into those contacts. It specifies two associate associations, person one, a political commentator, which they assume is Bannon, right? And I've, I'm told that's disputed now. Actually, I don't know. I, heard, I only read that in a yeah. few places. I'm not entirely sure. And person two, a radio host who Stone allegedly requested to pass messages to Julian Assange who's been living inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London since 2012. As Dick Saxenhammer correctly pointed out, if he was a part of the general public, would this even be illegal? I mean, you can DM Julian Assange on Twitter. Sure. So how is this any different? I suppose because he wasn't just a, he wasn't just a guy, whether or not he had a formal role in the campaign or not, he was in communication and clearly helping and assisting and advising. So it's a, it's a campaign ethics type thing rather than like a criminal thing. And then the indictment alleges that he made deliberately false and misleading statements, which it sounds like he probably did. Um, During his testimony, Stone was asked, so you have no emails to anyone concerning the allegations of hacked documents or any discussions you have had with third parties about the head of organization one, you have no emails, texts, no documents whatsoever of any kind of any of that nature. Stone answered, that is correct, not to my knowledge. I mean, I wouldn't remember when I had done these things, but I probably would remember if I had done them. So yeah, fine. But this is outside the scope of the investigation, so I don't really care. I mean, they were just trying to trap him. Yeah, I have, again, I... It's not that I'm looking to like excuse crimes. If Roger Stone committed a crime, if Paul Manafort committed a crime, fine, I guess bring them to justice. That said, I don't buy this as even circumstantial evidence of the Russian collusion narrative that's been thrown at us forever. And that's the point of the investigation. So, I mean, I guess if they, like I said, I guess if they committed crime, bring them to justice. But it's annoying that that was not, the types of crimes brought here are not uh, or being charged here are not the the task that Mueller was assigned with. So it just seems like, you know, digging for uh, grasping at straws or digging for whatever you can get when you don't have anything pursuant to the main task. Right. And I'm not really sure why they think that Stone specifically had inside information about the emails. I think it was just his correspondence through an intermediary with Assange, which mm. is which doesn't seem very relevant to me. So it seems like he's getting railroaded, but he has been saying he started a defense fund like forever ago. He's been saying for since since I don't know, 2016, something's going to happen to him. He's yeah. going to be. So I suppose he's not surprised. Um, but yeah, this this reminds me of um, Manafort. Do you want to talk about his arrest? Because, of course, they sent uh, the FBI to his home in Florida and they had uh, they had the assault weapons and everything to go get him. This was in the early morning hours. And then CNN is right there with cameras, as we were discussing earlier. But this is what that looked like. Here at 5 a.m. waiting for whatever was going to happen. It was dark 6 a.m. just after the hour about a half dozen police vehicles with sirens, but no sound. Silent sirens pull in front of this Fort Lauderdale home where Roger Stone was presumably asleep. The lights were off in the house. About a dozen officers, FBI agents wearing tactical vests and with large weapons fanned out across his front lawn. One went up to the house and rapped on the door, shined a flashlight inside, said FBI open the door. Moments later, as you heard in the video, it said FBI warrant. That's what the agent said. 
We then saw a light go on the second floor, and moments later, there was Roger Stone in the doorway. That was uh, our video exclusively you saw shot by Gil De La Rosa, an extraordinary arrest here in Fort Lauderdale this morning. You were staked out at his house. You didn't know that this was coming. Why were you there in position? Allison, it's, it's a reporter's instinct. The whole Russia team thought maybe something really? was happening. There was some unusual grand jury activity in Washington, D.C. yesterday. The grand jury, Robert Mueller's grand jury, typically meets on Fridays. Yesterday, a Thursday, there was grand jury activity. We also had some other signs that maybe something was going on this angle, the Roger Stone angle. So we showed up at his house this morning. We were the only ones there. And lo and behold, the FBI agents did come and arrest. So lots of, uh, lots of, questions about wow they talked about that cover story before that segment for sure they're like all right what are we going to say why are you guys there they must have gotten tipped off by somebody um clearly i mean like i said that's i i don't think it's insane to theorize that way that said uh if anyone is as rabid about the russia story to to do this to to take the steps necessary to actually be there without any kind of questionable antics or foul play it would be cnn and this guy like i could i could see them paying a guy to just sit outside robert uh, um, um roger stone's house eating pop tarts out of his car for yeah, really? weeks on end just Why waiting for this out there yeah i i, I could see that being oh, totally true so and can we talk about the fbi doing this and you know which busting down his door at 6 a.m this is like the second or third time they've done this yeah. it's just the optics they want to have this like mafia style thing going and it's why why do you gotta think those agents are like making jokes among themselves as they're doing this like we're you know it's it's as it's as though we're gonna go kill bin laden but we're just going to talk to roger stone who by the way offered no resistance went down to the courthouse filled out the paperwork whatever he was out i mean i don't think they even i don't think he even had to pay anything if i if i read correctly he just left they didn't even consider him a a flight risk or anything he's out doing all his media uh like we better put rounds. on our protective gear to go bust down the door. This old man standing in his underwear. Yeah. So we'll see what happens to him. I don't know. Do you know what punishment he potentially faces? I haven't looked it up. Like what I actually kind of... don't know, but I'd I'd imagine that this seems like a big nothing burger. I'd imagine almost nothing is going to happen to him. Going to get the Papadopoulos two week tour, something like that. Maybe longer, but hmm. I hope he has a robust defense fund. So. It's just, this is insane. I can't believe we're still talking about this. How long has it been? More than two years, right? I mean, it's, it's been going on three since the summer of 2016. Now, Mueller wasn't involved, but the idea of Russian collusion has been a, a theory. I, I can't remember when the investigation was formally launched, but yeah, we're they talking still about... haven't established these claims of hacking either. As far uh, as I know, these emails were acquired but but who hacked them how did they how did they get them nobody really yeah, knows. I, don't, I don't know roger stone he did it i don't know how they can be charging him with anything if he didn't actually hack the emails he's just talking about something that had already happened i don't know donald trump and putin were hanging out and they guessed the password because podesta's password was password or it something. was password 01 his password was kids and pizza <laughs> kids and pepperoni whatever yeah. it was yeah oh, uh Okay, let's get into the um, the Covington stuff. Maybe, maybe we should take a brief break before we do. Let's, sure. uh, let's Let's just get a few super chats, then we'll talk about the Covington stuff, and then we'll get to YouTuber Law. Okay. And a shout out to my parents who are finally watching this show. Uh, wow. I know. Episode I know. what, 139 or something? Yeah. I, yeah. 
because they colloquially refer to my channel as the podcast, I still don't think that I was ever really hitting home that I mm. operate another podcast. I had to like link them to the, <laughs> to it today. And like, yeah. well, this link, if it's live. Well, now they can get grossed out with my parents as we read super chat. Oh man. I'm actually more nervous for this show than any other show I've done. Make them proud. Me. I shouldn't have told people that because super chat's going to be disgusting now. I'm sorry, mom and dad. Yeah, actually you, you really have set the bait. I know. Um, danger pudge pudge says Hattie from Denver, you no good money grabbers. Get Juice Juice Boy from Political Juice in your show. That kid is sharp, and he'd be a great addition. I, I've not heard of them. I've not heard the name, but I'll check it out if you send me a link. The Matthew Dart just got off the Patreon. Just got off of Patreon. I can read and haven't subscribed to the website yet. Keep up the good fight. We're trying. Thank you. For that. Well, thanks, Ryan Glowacki. How would things go down if the Covington kids were Detroit public school students? Cannibal yeah. Army now. Join the fight or join hmm. the beast. I'm glad you stuck with that one. I liked it better. Um, Yoko Halilis feels like Trump was in a tight spot. He promised the wall, but also cares about workers. No paychecks are rough. Dems can be dumb, but I think they at least knew that would be an Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain biking RT. My boyfriend has been a loyal subscriber since it was just Skaggs for over a year. We've been watching it together religiously. Last week, he accepted his dream job in Virginia and wanted to Good. say congrats. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, Thank awesome. You so much. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in and congratulations. And I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys uh, stay together for a long time, forever, and grow to be prosperous. Mm, that was weird. That was awkwardly phrased. I was trying to say, like... I hope you guys don't break up. I hope up. you get Thanks married. I hope you have a lot of kids and have a great life. That's what I'm trying to say. Nick19 says, here's good, some money just to force Blonde to pronounce my stupid username. <sighs> is it Nick? Nish? Nick? I think his 19. name is Nate, actually. But he goes by N Nish, basically. N Nish. N -nish. Uh, super or... glad you got YouTuber Law on. Yep, that is upcoming. Um, also, former BuzzFeed journalist offended by being told to learn code. Pure hilarity. <laughs> yeah, we won't even have time to discuss that this this uh, or yeah. tonight. But did you see all the the layoffs at BuzzFeed and Huffington I did. Post? Yeah. Yeah. There's one person left in their LGBT. Q, BLT, oh man, BBQ. it's going to be lo lonely. Yeah. But yeah, there's no opinion. I think, or what did they say? There's no, is it the entire opinion section of the Huffington Post or something like that? <laughs> it was big time. It was a major section that was let go. Very good. Um, Ryan F. and Coulter interviewed on Bill Maher's show. Last question. Bill, people say you should run for president, will you? And yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in women working, so I can't. My question, why yeah. is she so awesome? Yes, Ann Coulter is amazing and brilliant i should, I should have I prepped that clip because it reminded me of you of course yeah <laughs> that is the nicest thing you have ever said to me <laughs> i one day hope to be as mean and cold as ann colder yeah uh, practice you, makes perfect keep at it i'm trying uh you can't stop the scout it's ironic that these leftist idiots are comparing catholic kids to the clan because they hate catholics just as much as they hate minorities also the clan was started by democrats yes mm. Uh, JB dude. Let's do just a couple more here and then I'll do Streamlabs and we'll get sure. to the next one. I'll just do cool. two more. JVD9061, finally back in my usual Sunday night routine. Love catching you guys live. Take some of my money. We will. Thank you. Sure. Thank Last you. Last one for right now is David Blackstone. Favorite hashtag this week was hashtag learn to code. It was cathartic after seeing them <laughs> go after kids. <laughs> uh, over on Streamlabs, Cameron says, with New York City passing these new baby murder laws... We've clearly passed the point of no return. A hard reset seems to be in order. Late-term catapults for lefties and misgendering will be state-enforced. Sounds like a blonde utopia. Clapsitarian. Yeah. Andy says, uh, how come somebody, uh, or how can somebody that is pro-abortion call them what they are? Or how come they can't determine the beginnings of life but can goddamn choose when it ends? Uh, yeah, fair point. 
Brian Williams says, uh, not sure if you guys covered it, but Joe White Male Privilege Rogan recently said Russian bot farms are responsible for increased political tensions and not the mainstream media on a recent podcast. Joe Thoughts? Rogan said that? I'd have to hear it. I mean, Joe says some off-the-wall shit. That's idiotic. So. Will somebody send me that link in my email? I'd have to hear it. Though the other thing that Joe said, and again, I frequently enjoy listening to Joe's show. It's kind of guest dependent for me. So I, I, it's not like I listen to them all, but when there's a good guest that I like on, I'm going to listen to the whole thing and it's usually great. Um, mm-hmm. w- what he had to say with Kyle Kalinske about Kavanaugh was atrocious, like making it sound like there was evidence that Kavanaugh was a rapist or oh, something yeah. like that. It was insane. So Joe, Joe's a classic example. You talk as much as a person does. You're bound to say some stupid stuff. That's and, not it. Well, that's not it. He holds some really stupid views. Like that's, I guess it is different. It's not a slip up. It's not a Martin Luther Cohn. It's no. uh, it's a willingness to have a firm opinion about something you have no. Well, I think he's of. fundamentally a leftist. He would admit to that. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, Smegma Bukaki sixty nine. Hey Matt, would you? Re- <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm so glad I don't have to read these. I'm not. I, there's got this. I'm, I can't. I can't read. It's too. It's too ridiculous. I'm not. I just can't. I have to exercise <laughs> discretion. I will say thank you for supporting the show. Wow. He turned really red. It must have been disgusting. Well, it's about like incest stuff, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> I can't okay. do it. Redicus. You're telling me we got a disgusting super chat from Mr. Smegma. Yeah. He, he. Yeah. He broke the system. I'm sorry, dude. But thank you for supporting <laughs> Redicus, Trump opened the government to force Nancy's hand on the State of the Union and used that pulpit to make her look like the curmudgeon and uh, obstinate. Uh, this would make them look like, uh, or this would make them uh, look bad and no coverage uh, can change that speech. I f- that is one angle, too, that now that the State of the Union's back on, that is uh, an opportunity for Trump. So let's see if he makes good on it, for sure. Yeah. Walsey. Walsey says, would uh, Trump building a wall really be a precedent when Obama for years used Fannie and Freddie as a slush fund to give Obamacare billions to insurance care companies without uh, money being appropriated by Congress? I don't know the specifics of that, but I would say also bad. Like if that's true as described, also bad. And I I don't I'm always going to be skeptical of expanding um, presidential power, executive power, specifically on issues of the purse strings, to be honest. Um, Phil says the Dems don't need to negotiate. They just need to keep running out the clock on America. The GOP can't wait to cut Trump off at the knees. We are left with no one and very few good options. That is a collapsitarian observation. For That's sure. true. But look who they're putting up. Nobody's a strong candidate. Yeah. All the women are unlikable. I mean, do you think people are really going to vote for Kamala Harris? Uh, people are going to no. tell their friends they're going to vote for Kamala Harris and then they're just not going to vote. Unless it's Kirsten Gillibrand is the other option. And then it's like, all right, I guess I have to. Canadian Egg, last one for now, says, yeah, so uh, Parkland Shooter says he's going to be America's next school shooter and police don't even investigate. But a 100-year-old Roger Stone might have lied to the FBI and they send a full team of agents in tactical gear. Yeah, no bias whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the Broward County Sheriff going to Roger Stone, I guess would be the difference. <laughs> anyway. Uh, although I guess to be fair, Nicholas Cruz was tipped off to the FBI. Was he not? That was part of the story. It wasn't just Broward County yeah, Sheriff. It yeah. was FBI. Uh, because yeah. of some insane YouTube comments or something like that. An Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where he was like, I'm going to kill everybody at my school. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, lo and they're like, behold, this doesn't sound important. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's discuss the, uh, the updates on the Covington story. Of course, we went through all the facts at hand last week in terms of how that actually developed, but there's more, uh, to share. So 
recall last week we had a statement from the Diocese of Covington in Kentucky, the actual church there that threw the kids under the bus. The uh, article's not loading up for me, but anyway, so I can't put it up on screen. But the, the church there, Bishop Roger Foyes has now apologized on Friday for issuing a premature statement about the MAGA kids. He says, quote, we should, nev- uh, we should not have allowed ourselves to be bullied and pressured into making a statement prematurely, and we take full responsibility for it. I especially apologize to Nicholas Sandman and his family as well, and to all CovCath families who felt abandoned during this ordeal. Nicholas, unfortunately, has become the face of these allegations based on video clips. Unfortunate is right, because like all other cases of this sort of outrage, the correction and retraction never actually gets the the same attention as right. the original story. <laughs> so even uh, the church's apology here, this sort of article that's kind of quietly in the local paper, this will never get the same circulation that their statement throwing Nicholas Sandman and the rest of the kids under the bus will. The damage uh, is done. Um, but I mean, these kids they're going to win. They, they really are. And I think they're coming out of this looking fantastic. Every, yeah. Almost everybody has issued a retraction. Well, uh, yeah, I think honest people have. And then the real scum journalists have doubled down and tried to pursue these insane uh, straws, these insane reaches that are just Did you nonsense. see the ratio like the... on the interview on YouTube with Savannah Guthrie? Oh, God, yeah. It's and like the... 20,000 down, 5,000 yeah. up. And every comment is just laying into her. Yeah, she deserves it. She deserves it. And that's the funny thing, too, is the night before the interview aired, the lefties were ripping her, saying that interviewing uh, uh, Nick Sandman here is the same thing as interviewing like Hitler Youth or or, um, Adam Lanza and all the rest of this stuff. They want to this kid did nothing and they want to treat him as though he's on par with like genocidal maniacs or something. Whatever. They should keep doing stuff like this. It's just going to turn Gen Z off. Well, it sounds like the family is going to be taking action. Uh, Nick Sandman's family has hired L. Lynn Wood, who is a famous libel and slander attorney. He's a guy who uh, represented John Benet Ramsey's brother in a defamation suit against CBS. <laughs> he also represented Richard Jewell, who was wrongly accused uh, in the 1996 Olympic Park bombing. As of now, the Sandman family and their lawyers aren't talking about potential action, but one would assume that this hiring is for something to that effect. Meanwhile, Robert Barnes, attorney Robert Barnes, was making a lot of noise this week he's representing uh, other families of covington students pro bono and this week he gave journalists and celebrities 48 hours to retract or correct their false statements about the covington kids or face potential forthcoming legal action uh of course covington the high school in question was uh, closed on tuesday when the school week resumed due to threats credible threats against the school robert barnes himself the lawyer was apparently the subject of a bomb threat this week as well Meanwhile, Savannah Guthrie, <laughs> I was so excited to see this because it, when, it, when it came out that Nick Sandman, the smirking, the violent smirker, the racist smirker, Nick Sandman was going to be on the Today Show with, uh, with Savannah Guthrie. Uh, that was appointment viewing. I, I couldn't wait to sit on the couch that morning and watch it. And it's rare that a TV interview or a piece of news kind of gets me on the edge of my seat going like... <laughs> wanting to scream, but I'm still listening. And this was an example of that sort of thing. Um, So she did this. I I can't remember. This was Wednesday morning or maybe Tuesday or Thursday. I don't remember. But consider this interview and note the the sort of aggressive questioning that she gives to Nick Sandman, a 16-year-old kid who did nothing wrong, objectively. Keep that in mind because the next morning, Nathan Phillips, the Indian guy, comes on the today show and is also interviewed by savannah guthrie we'll get to that after but note 
I don't even have a problem with being aggressive in your questioning necessarily, even though in this case it's questionable, but note the difference in style and tone between the two subjects. It's not that she's just an aggressive interviewer generally. Here she is with Nick Sandman this week. This morning, 16-year-old Nick Sandman standing by his actions in this moment gone viral. The junior at Kentucky's Covington Catholic High School, now the face of this Lincoln Memorial confrontation with Native American elder Nathan Phillips. Do you feel from this experience that you owe anybody an apology? Do you see your own fault in any way? As far as standing there... I had every right to do so. I don't, I, my position is that I was not disrespectful to Mr. Phillips. I respect him. I'd like to talk to him. In hindsight, I wish we could have walked away and avoided the whole thing, but I can't say that I'm sorry for listening to him and standing there. I heard them call us incest kids, bigots, racists. Uh, they called us A bunch of in incest babies. A bunch of child molesting did you feel threatened at all? I definitely felt threatened. There were more of you than them, but you felt like they were stronger? They were a group of ah! adults, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. Why didn't you walk away? Well, now I wish I would have walked away. I didn't want to be disrespectful to Mr. Phillips and walk away if he was trying to talk to me. But um, I was certainly I was surrounded by a lot of people I didn't know that had their phones out, had cameras, and... I didn't want to bump into anyone or seem like I was trying to do something. I see it as a smile saying that this is the best you're going to get out of me. You won't get any further reaction of aggression. We looked at that video and thought about how it felt from the, the other's perspective. In other words, there were a lot of you, a handful of the others. Do you think oh, they might have felt God. threatened by a bunch of young men? kind of beating their chest. I would just say that the fact remains that they initiated their comments with us. There's something aggressive about standing there, standing your ground. You both stood your ground. Oh, I would say Mr. Phillips had his right to come up to me. I had my right to stay there. Um, our school uh, was slandered by the African-Americans who had called us all sorts of things. Do you think if you weren't wearing that hat, this might not have happened, or it might have been different? That's possible, but <gasps> I would have to assume what Mr. Phillips was thinking, and I'd rather let him speak for why he came up to us. Okay, I got like a million things to oh, say about Oh, me too. This. I mean, that go, kid go killed it. it. I thought he did a great job, and he's absolutely right. And never apologize. He said exactly the right thing, like, I wish I could have diffused the situation. But he correctly pointed out that he was approached by Nathan Phillips, and all he did was stand there. Literally, all he was doing was standing there. What did he commit a face crime? Yeah, he did. He's smirk. I mean, do you see your own fault in the situation? Explain to us the fault, Savannah Guthrie. What did he do wrong? Did he smirk dismissively? Did he stand there, which as we learn later is an act of aggression. aggression. It's literally yeah. the most passive thing you could possibly do, but I guess right. it's an act of aggression. Uh, there were more of you than them referring to the black Hebrew Israelites. Kids. Yeah, kid. How could you possibly have been threatened by those insane, aggressive adults heckling you? Yeah, and group of black dudes. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of 16-year-old white kids. They're probably like, oh my God, what are we going to do? There were more of you kids than these threatening adults. Therefore, you had the upper hand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you think 
they felt threatened, referring to the Indian guys. Well, the adults approached the kids, you buffoon, Savannah Guthrie, yet you still put the burden on the kids to leave. If the adults felt threatened, they can just walk away. Right. Although that was, uh, Nathan Phillips will dispute that later. But that even sounds like you're operating under the premise that they just like met and unified. He was approached by them. He was the aggressor. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, exactly. If somebody came up to me, like we did the RNC and we were in some situations like this that were a little hot. If somebody came up and was beating a drum in my face, it would take everything I had not to attack that person. Like I thought they practiced that they were so calm and cool and they handled everything really well. And if I saw my son in the situation, I'd be like, yeah, good for you. That's Mm. the kid I raised. Uh, I, I, I can't, understate how insane the statement is there's something aggressive about standing there what in the hell is aggressive about standing there uh, phillips and then she says well you guys both stood your ground phillips the indian guy did not stand his ground he approached them right. that's not standing your ground if standing your ground even applies in like a verbal sense like we were talking to each other i stood my ground stood my in ground, this yeah. non-violent incident okay the implication uh, here is that if you're white you you just can't push back against anybody with minority status. Duty to flee if you're white. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do you think if you weren't wearing that hat, this might have been different? Well, gee, Savannah, do you think if you weren't wearing that skirt, you wouldn't be raped? <laughs> I mean, how insane is this? Isn't the burden on these ridiculous yeah. adults who get triggered by a hat? Mm-hmm. Why are we excusing adults who say, I can't handle a t-shirt or a hat that is challenging to my worldview? No, the burden's on those adults. I'm sorry. Uh, meanwhile, Nathan Phillips. Did you have any more to say on that uh, interview before we... No, this just enraged me so Okay, much. so Nathan Phillips, the Indian uh, drum banger guy, goes on the same show with Savannah Guthrie the next morning. And she, again, she just softballs this guy and permits him to lie repeatedly. Not just about the incident in question, but about his own biographical details. So let's have a listen to what that sounded like. This morning, 16-year-old Nick... Whoops, wrong one. This one. <laughs> what was your reaction to it? How did it make you feel? What did you think about his words and his explanation and his version of this encounter? Um, uh, coached and written up for him, insincerity, um, lack of responsibility. He said when I asked directly that he didn't think he owed an apology, but he does wish that he had walked away. Was that enough for you or do you think he should have apologized? Well, if there's an apology, there'd be an apology for his own behavior to a lot of other people beside me, I'd be like way down on the list of his people he needs to apologize to. Did you hear anyone say, build that wall? It isn't audible on the video clips, I think, that are out there, but did you hear that? I did hear that. And I've seen some out there on the, um, on the internets uh, where there's, <laughs> you can hear him saying, build that wall. Should Check you the have walked away? He's, he said, yes, he thinks now he should have walked away. Do you think, sir, no. you should have walked away? That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to walk away. There was a spot. There was a place where I could take my people's because we were surrounded. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go right. We couldn't go left, <clears throat> back, you know. You feel you were blocked. Oh, I was blocked. There has also been some question about the nature of your military service, and this is a good chance to clear it up. You 
were a veteran, you served in the Marine Corps. Some have said that you were a Vietnam veteran. I don't believe you have said that. What exactly is the nature of your service? So I stayed in the reserves for a couple of years and the Vietnam War was still going on. So, so to be clear, you served in the Marines at the time that Vietnam was going on, but you did not serve overseas. What I've always said is I've never stepped foot in South Vietnam. And that's, I don't know how clear, how much clear can that be? What it says is he has a PR firm. So those aren't even his words if he has a PR firm. Some sincerity, some sense of uh, responsibility for his actions. These are some of the things that if we ever did meet, it would be those adults. I would like to ask why I didn't have those school administrators there. Okay, about the military service. Oh, <laughs> I can't, I don't know how I could have been more clear. Now, to give him as much credit as I can, I've not seen an example in this episode, this one, this incident of him <laughs> saying, I was a Vietnam veteran deployed to Vietnam. However, Didn't he say he was a Vietnam era veteran. He said that many times, which is technically true. Oh, he, come on. I mean, he it knows is what true, people are gonna but that's think. but that's the thing is he's also made no effort to correct the gross misrepresentation. CNN calling him a Vietnam vet, all these other places. Uh, here are some examples of him claiming again. These are like a year old. Claiming that he's a Vietnam vet. These are from social media. I got a relation. A sister or a niece, she gave me that uh, Vietnam colors flag, you know, the, the yellow, red, black one. She wanted me to carry it around because, you know, for her dad, Vietnam vet too. I'm a Vietnam vet, you know, I served in the Marine Corps, 72 to 76. One of the boxes in there, they talk, it shows if it was peacetime or what my box says is that I was in theater. I don't talk much about my Vietnam times. Yeah, I don't talk much about my, Viet my Vietnam times oh because my God. if we did, you'd realize I was a refrigerator mechanic or a mechanic generally. But that's the other part of this lie is he had claimed previously to be something called a recon ranger in the Marine Corps. Uh, I, I wish I forget this gentleman's name. I wish I could give him proper credit. But one thing he does is vet claims of military service for stolen valor. And he made a, a viral video this week revealing Nathan Phillips military record. And lo and behold, he's not a recon ranger. He was a mechanic who was in the Marine Corps for four years as a reservist, discharged honorably with the rank of private, meaning <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do that much. Don't they and just give you one promotion for doing that? I would, I would think, but this is the sort of person that we're dealing with. Anyway, this is um, this gentleman explaining the nature of his service. In, in an article that was done at the uh, democraticunderground.com whenever... You know, I'm from Vietnam times. I'm what they call a recon ranger. That was my role. I get you down as an electrician. <laughs> okay, and then there was uh, oh these God. documents on his Facebook page as well that I'm a Vietnam War veteran. I've got this Warriors Medal of Valor from the Native American tribe that says I'm a Vietnam vet. These sorts of things were shared. So. Even if I'm going to be as charitable as possible and say he's said Vietnam Times veteran in this episode, he's clearly misrepresented his service on multiple right. fronts in the past. And we mentioned last week, uh, we had an emailer about this too. It's like, 
I don't consider this relevant to the nature of his victimization or not, his military service to me. How is, not? Well, because that is to say, if he was a veteran or not, it would not change my interpretation of the oh, action. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That said, as, the we, as this has developed this week, he's clearly claimed this. It's been part of the media narrative, and therefore it is now highly relevant. So I just wanted to circle back to what we had said last week. Well, he's um, made it part of his identity so yeah. that his profession as you know, professional victim. Um, it has more value. It's more convincing. Exactly. You know, five it's, tooth it's Tonto over here just lying his ass off about military service. Yeah. When you hear somebody's a veteran, you just believe what they say. Yeah, exactly. It's used as a as a mechanism for sympathy and as a crutch for for credibility, that kind of thing. Um, related to his other claims in the Today Show interview, though, too. He, he owes many people. Um, Nick Sandman owes many people an apology. One for what and two to whom? Who, who are these many people that he owes an apology? He doesn't know anyone an apology, but I'd like to know who else was wounded to borrow wounded, the, the yeah. newscasters terms uh, earlier. Uh, I, so I don't I don't know who he's talking about. He said, as we mentioned during the clip, I've seen. Clips of them saying "build the wall." Where I need a specific. I have never link. seen that. that I've seen exist. all the footage of this. I've never seen that at all. It's doesn't just exist. Never materialized. I was blocked by those kids. You can watch the tape. There was plenty of room for them to walk around to the Lincoln Memorial. They were not blocked. Could have turned around, walked away. Well, uh, and behind them. him, there were, there was a bunch of friendlies. There was some exactly. fat chick lesbian with a sh- with a shaved head, some SJW. She and would have been like, Indian guys. "Let me clear a path for you." Yeah. And I don't think the kids would have stopped him. No, they were just standing there. <laughs> and then just the idea that the kids need to take responsibility. Oh, these kids have not, they have a PR firm, so we can't represent them. Yeah, maybe they have a PR firm because you've spent a week relentlessly attacking them and their kids. So they yeah. might need a spokesman to speak on their behalf. Maybe that's just prudent. You buffoon, this is so annoying. <laughs> but it's like, but secondarily, what do you mean these kids need to take responsibility? Maybe a I'm not given the fact pattern. I'm not warm to that at all. But maybe you'd warm me a degree or two if you said, listen, as the adults in this situation, here's the way I could have acted better. or Here's what I did wrong. So far, it's nothing. So far, he didn't do anything wrong in the media run with that narrative. Even though we know he did lots of stuff wrong, including lie about almost everything he said. This is good. Anyway. Though. This is good. Yeah. I, I love this when it happens in the media because it just shows the general public and Generation Z that they cannot be trusted. You can't listen to anything they say. Um, and now they're really worried about the defamation claims. And so they've started to issue real retractions. Didn't Good. that lawyer give them all 48 hours to... Um, yeah, and that's expired now. So I assume yeah. there's going to be some forthcoming legal action very soon. Anyway, um, we're already through the first hour. So let's uh, let's get into our interview with uh, Lior Lesser and then maybe we'll take a super chat break after that. And we got a couple topics coming up after that. So again, I don't expect any technical difficulties, but to the extent we're trying to throw in a pre-recorded interview into the middle of the show, maybe something will go wrong, but uh, definitely will. But mom and dad, we will be back. Yeah. We'll give it a shot and we'll be back in uh, 20 minutes after you listen to uh, Lior Lesser YouTuber long. Please enjoy the interview.
and welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, Lear Lesser from the YouTube channel YouTuber Law. Lear, thanks for making time for us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Uh, you've been highly active uh, in this ongoing Patreon and PayPal deplatforming issue. And uh, notably, you've been planning to file a formal complaint with the Federal Trade Commission. We talked about this on the stream uh, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, and, and this is about potential collusion between right. supposed competitors in this marketplace of online financial transactions. Uh, can you give us the most basic layman explanation for the case that you're building? Yeah, so we saw certain things happen in real time, right? You've seen many times individuals being uh, deplatformed. Uh, Sargon Avakad was not the first one, definitely will not be the last one. But this time it was a little different because we had a deplatform by Patreon of uh, Sargon. We had a lot of PR being placed on what it was at that point, really an unknown company calling Subscribestar that I've never heard about. Most people have never heard of them because of the idea, well, let's move to Subscribestar as an alternative to Patreon. And within days, you see PayPal move against Subscribestar, pulling its credit card processing from them. Stripe followed the next day, effectively killing the company at that moment in time because, because of the nature of credit card processing and the kind of uh, near monopoly power between PayPal and Stripe together controlling about 85% of the market when they pull all credit card processing from you. The, and to me, that looked what is known as group boycott, where two uh, companies that have market power together, in this case, Patreon plus either or both Stripe and PayPal, acting together to exclude a competitor from the market. Could be a competitor of PayPal, could be a competitor of Patreon. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks to me like. Now, normally, it's, it's not the, the way you get there. How do you get to a point of collusion? Because unless you have some sort of a, a whistleblower, you never really know what happens behind the scene. Under the law, there is this concept of a special factor, some sort of a plus factor that indicates the law that there is enough evidence to move forward, at least in an investigation or in a case of a lawsuit that would be to move to discovery. And it's this idea that PayPal would move against a company that that was brand new, it was operating for about a year, had really no real uh, 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 creators or real subscribers or followers, did not really exhibit any sort of uh, speech. It, it would, did not represent anything. A move that would otherwise be against PayPal's own financial interests against its business practices, why would it move? That's the idea behind a group boycott, that you have a plus factor, a factor, a factor that otherwise does not make sense. Okay. And can you explain what it means to go to the FTC on this issue? Because it's not like you're suing Patreon right. or PayPal or anything like that. What's the nature of the action that you're describing and that you're working on right now? Right. So the FTC is a, is a, is a federal agency. It's not beholden to anybody, does not directly have a boss. It's, it was created by Congress, but doesn't really have to, does not manage by Congress. They can't tell them what to do. It's the commission is appointed by the president over time, you know, different presidents appoint like a seven year staggered terms. So the president doesn't control them. So they have a lot of independence, basically a bunch of attorneys whose job it is to protect the competition in the marketplace through various things. You know, about a year ago, they went, they sent a bunch of letters uh, on two different occasions to YouTubers and Instagrammers 
when they felt that those people may have violated certain disclosure uh, obligations when it comes to who's supporting you or you know who is your uh, your uh, what do you call it advertiser and stuff. So that's what they do every single day, and they have an antitrust division, and you are permitted, and that's part part of a process. There's a lots of different ways the FCC takes on uh, a case. One of the process allows us to submit a complaint, which looks exactly like a complaint would look to a court, but you're submitting to them. They have tremendous amount of power that was vested by Congress in them. They start investigation. So if they agree to start investigation, they have the power to issue their own subpoenas. They don't have to go to court. Their own commissioners can sign subpoenas, demand a lot of confidential information. They can, uh, and uh, so they have a power on their own to start investigation, to to file their own complaints, to uh, to ask for fines, to then oversee those companies. Sometimes even place their own personnel inside those companies to oversee what they're doing and are they abiding by certain rules that they've set. Yeah. Okay. So. You kind of got into that into it a little bit there, and that was kind of my question that I was thinking about before we got on here is is what does success look like in your mind? Like what mm-hmm. what would the FTC have to do for you to say, yeah, I think this this complaint process uh, that we've gone through was successful. What sort of action are you are you looking for them to take? Is it just the investigation, or would are you looking for some sort of I don't know punitive action against uh, Patreon, PayPal, Stripe, the rest? Okay, so. I'm cognizant of the fact that I have no idea what happens inside a company, right? Mm-hmm. Without a whistleblower, you never know that. But I think that there is sufficient evidence to merit an investigation. For me, success is an investigation. Start with a with a what's called an informal investigation, and depends on what they get back to, then start a formal investigation and demand some insight. I think it, that for me, success is once there is probably more of a formal investigation where they're demanding through subpoena power, confidential information, emails between back and forth. So I, I'm not saying that I know what the conclusion is, but I'm saying that yeah. there is sufficient evidence to merit an investigation. That uh, So for me, that will be sufficient if they go through it and tell me that they've looked through uh, all the emails and all the communications and all, and, uh, all the phone call uh, notes and everything else. And they said that there's nothing there that this is just what's called conscious parallelism or really parallel consciousness, people acting together along the same path, but otherwise oh, are yeah. not really communicating, that, you know, if the FTC tells me that, I'm satisfied and I, I move on. But I think we have enough evidence to merit investigation. So investigation is what uh, what my measure of success is. Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, we've talked about this issue a lot on our show. Obviously, as we're directly impacted, and a lot of people are in, in this in this sphere, and there's a lot of debate between Blonde and I, and and even members of our audience about the philosophy of this whole ordeal. That is to say, what is the proper role of government, and to what degree do we respect a business's ability to refuse service for any reason they they may choose? And honestly, I don't even have a, a great answer for that in my head. I think, generally speaking, I maybe it's wishful thinking. I would hope for a market solution to this, and Blonde and I have talked right. about that a lot. But none think, seems to be presented at this point, and so we kind of feel like I don't want to speak for you, but but our yeah. backs are against the wall, and a government solution may be the only feasible solution at this point in time. So so why, if you had to make the case about why interventionism, if that's a fair way to characterize it, is the way to go as opposed to trying to prop up a competitor in, in spite of the 
possible collusion? What would the case be that, that this is the, the right way to go philosophically? Because uh, I'm all for, let's make close to no government intervention. I don't mm -hmm. believe, I think that the government has a certain role to play. It's definitely not in telling companies what to do. And I'm also very much a realist. Uh, I understand that the law is the way it is and been developed over the last 200 years, for instance, that companies have a right of free speech, same mm -hmm. as you and I. I don't necessarily agree with the logic, but I respect the fact that it's been developed over 200 years. The concept that an artificial entity has its own right of free speech, completely separate from its own people, its own owners, its own employees, its own officers, just its own, basically just the artificial entity called the corporation has a right of free speech. I, I read tons of cases on it. I understand the logic. I don't necessarily accept it as, as valid, but that's the law. So I'm, I'm with you that these companies have a right to decide who to work with, who, to, who they don't want to, and have zero interest in asking the government to interfere in that. The problem is and why we have both the antitrust divisions in the FTC and in the Justice Department is that the market solutions are only viable as long as players play by certain rules. Mm -hmm. And when that breaks down, there can never be a market solution. You can argue that, you know, Gab would have been a market solution to some problems, but that was killed off in, 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 from really reaching a mass uh, level because of actions of companies like PayPal and Apple and a lot of other companies that Subscribestar could, no idea how it would have succeeded, but had they not moved against it, would have had more potential. I believe they now came back and they have uh, processing again. But the idea is that companies with market power should not be in a position to exclude others or to abuse their monopoly power to exclude players from the marketplace. As long as that is not happening, I'm all for it. You know, let the market determine itself. Now, there are flaws that, that can be dealt with and other things like changes in the law. It's not marketing, not government intervention, but certain things that don't make sense today. We can talk about that. But in terms of, mar of government intervention, I have no particular interest in that, except in cases where the market forces are being subverted through what yeah. is otherwise illegal action, or at least appears to be that way. And I think then merits investigation. Yeah. And I think um, if I understand the spirit of the case that you're building, it's it's along the lines. Like if I'm going to use the uh, the Baker metaphor, right. you know, I, the way I conceptualize this is I'm not going to force any particular baker to bake a cake that he doesn't want to bake. That said, if the consumer wants to go to the next bakery over original baker guy can't go over there and meddle in that transaction right. and say, no, no, you won't bake this cake either. That's sort of the distinction that I've drawn in my mind. Is that a fair way to think about this like you're not trying to tell patreon and paypal you must accommodate these consumers what you're trying to get some intervention to do is to say you're not going to go over to the next guy over this in this case subscribe star and tell him how to handle his business or meddle in any transactions that might happen there is that right. is that a fair way to characterize it or am i missing it, something it is but it there's, there's a few a little more uh, details like think of paypal as the provider of flour so there's lots of mm -hmm. bakers, but PayPal, but uh, the flour distributor says, look, I'm not going to provide any flour to any bakery that is making uh, cakes for a certain category of people, certain class of people. As a result, they shut off uh, all market access to individuals who want it, mm. even for companies who are willing to provide the service, 
because the supplier, the distributor is not willing to provide it. Mm. Or if what happens, and that's a more difficult one, what if you are in a city where there's only a single baker, a monopoly of it, and the next baker is uh, 200 miles away? That's also now within the market itself, there's a monopoly and there are no alternatives. Do they have obligation to act differently? Well, according to the law, they do. When you acquire monopoly, whether or not within the greater market or within a small certain parameters of a smaller market, your obligations are different. You cannot act like everybody else because you are then in a position to exclude people from services. So those are the, those are the two distinctions that we're kind of working on in this complaint. Yeah. And from what I understand, this complaint is a significant undertaking in terms of what you're trying to demonstrate, what you're trying to pull off here. Sometimes when, like, I don't know, when you hear a complaint as a layman, you might think like, I'm sending an angry email to them or something. This, of course, is much more complex. You're building a case. You're going to have all of your sources cited. This is a very detailed report that you're compiling. I'm just curious what prompted you to step up to want to do this? What made you decide I'm going to be the guy that's going to take a leadership role in this? And by the way, I appreciate yeah. your your willingness to do that on behalf of yeah, all of us who have been affected negatively by all this nonsense over at Patreon and elsewhere. Thank you. And I had zero intention of it. Like most people, I've spoken about the topic of deplatforms, a number of deplatforming a number of time over the past, I don't know, year, year and a half. It's been uh a big topic and most times people were not necessarily happy with what i'm saying which is there might be something there but we can't jump to uh, assumptions that there's some sort of a conspiracy because the law will not support it it's all a bunch of parallel actions and we can't see any connection between the two and so nothing happened until i saw the until the announcement that they went after subscribe star and for some reason you know, my background is in economics before law school. I have a bachelor's in economics, a master's in international economics. It was all about free markets. The concept that we are now working actively to prevent companies that are willing to provide platform for people to speak, people that otherwise are not uh, permitted elsewhere in, in the more mass kind of platforms. To me, that went against what I believed in and it was like, okay, because I was talking to people in a live stream and people were not happy. We're going back and forth. And then I came up with the idea of saying, you know what? There's an antitrust. There could potentially be an antitrust violation. And so we spoke about a solution for the first time because for a year and a half, people were complaining, but the solutions were really difficult because it'd be like, you got to go to Congress. You got to change the law. Something that, you know, it's kind of a fool's errand to try to go back to, to Congress and get anything done. But so when I was talking in the live stream to people about this particular option and maybe there is an option for an FTC investigation and I was sitting back after and I turned it off and I was asked I was just thinking to myself why didn't anybody ever ask me you know why I'm not doing anything why what why why can't I file it I felt, I felt like I'd, almost like a hypocrite here you know I'm mm. offering solutions but never doing it so I don't know it was just seemed to me like mm, who's gonna step up you know because most attorneys are not attuned to what's happening online or, right. you know, they, they'll, they'll do it as long as they get hired, right? They're not involved. There's, you know, a handful of attorneys that are more attuned, they produce content and stuff like that. But none of us are particularly experts in FTC complaints in the process. I happen to know a certain amount about the entire process because given the nature of my work, I work with a lot of technology companies and a lot of I have to make sure that they are in regulatory compliance a lot of times. 
I'm, I know enough about the process to get started and to really get it and go, at least I felt it is. So I thought, what if I start it and I'll see where it goes. If it's nothing else, it'll be a nice side project, probably take me upwards of a year to get the whole thing done on my own because of, you know, I've got to devote maybe, maybe a day to a, a week given everything mm -hmm. else that I have to do. And so it will be a nice project and maybe I can accomplish something. So that's really was the only thought. And then I posted the video and I turned off all social media for a day because I felt it's probably going to be all negative coming back at me. <laughs> and then I came back yeah. uh, a day later and it was like so much massive uh, positiveness that I felt, okay, now the plans can be a little different because so many people want to engage and be involved right. and volunteer. So it kind of took on a life of its own. I never intended it to be as big of a project as, you know, so many people are want to get involved managing a process and all of that. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about that too. And, and speaking on behalf of our audience, I had a ton of people email me with your videos and your stuff very me positively. Too. And I know we've had a lot of people wanting uh, you to appear on the show, so they'll be excited to hear from you. But you'd mentioned the, um, just the scale of this project and how much time it's going to take you. I know previously you were asking for help to complete this uh, yeah. in terms of just completing tasks, not even just financially, but just completing yeah. tasks, like help me out with um, with proofreading, help me out with research, help me out with this, help me out with that. How has the response to that been? And if there are people in our audience who would like to help you out with any of the tasks that may be available, uh, how can they do that? It's been overwhelming, literally, once I got back online a day later, saw that immediately upon posting the original video, people were offering help, you know, law students, uh, attorneys, a lot of IT people, a lot of people with ba uh, business background and stuff that wanting to help in one way or another. So right now I would say there's probably a dozen to maybe 18 people of that, that wow. say they want to help and then yeah. actually have the time and wherewithal to uh, participate in and uh, what I've, what we've worked, not myself only, but with people, uh, part of it's this a certain core group of people that have been very excited and jumped on top of it. And basically to create a general outline of everything that has to be accomplished and then divided up into five operational group from legal to, mm. to legal research is a business research. A big part of antitrust is understanding how the marketplace works and what's the impact on comp competition when actors with substantial market power uh, actually act on them. So the part of it is, is business research. It's kind of a cross between economics and, uh, and law antitrust. And there is a, there's also content uh, group, there's IT that needs to help in, the, in a group, and then there's admin just to manage it. So a couple of people in different, and then I've been working here on my side here on, uh, the outline for the entire complaint. And today I have calls with like six, seven different people that are volunteering. Mm. I have the rest of them maybe calling up on, on Wednesday and trying to place them in different groups. So people are interested based on that. We're kind of setting up little groups of, and with the tasks of what needs to be accomplished that will allow this hopefully to move at a far, far faster scale, pace than otherwise I would, I would be capable of doing on my own. And absolutely, anybody that wants to participate in, in any way, whether or not they have a legal background or a business background or even just administration background or have social media background, IT, I mean, literally everybody that they can reach me on Twitter, just DM me, tell me about it, and we can start the process. What's that Twitter account if they want to find the handle? At YouTuberLaw. 
at YouTuber Law. All right. Um, I think I got through basically all of my questions here. Did you have any more you wanted to add, Blonde? Um, not really. I mean, this has been a huge issue on our channel. We've talked about it a bunch and I'm happy that somebody has finally taken the lead because we were like, we don't even know what to do, where to start, uh, what the law is surrounding this. So you've really shed a lot of light on that. And for that, we thank you. I'm sure the whole community does. Yeah. I mean, for all we've discussed this sort of thing uh, about what the, the proper response is philosophically and this sort of thing, of course, our audience has been doing the same thing. I notice overall in this entire episode, there are a lot of critics, a lot of people with very strong opinions, not a lot of people taking um, you know, affirmative action and, and, um, and taking a leadership role. So, right. Or uh, developing so, any kind of practical solution. So sure. So really appreciate the gesture that you're taking on behalf of all of us who've been, you know, I guess harmed is the, I don't know. Have we been, I don't take a look at my Patreon account. I'll, <laughs> I'll say it's been harmed. Um, sure. just appreciate Everybody the, does. yeah, the effort that you're making on behalf of all of us. Yep. I, I, I appreciate it. I mean, one of the criticism is that we are offering a tiny solution to a far bigger problem here mm. because there is the problem of deplatforming and we are working on a solu on a solution to well we the market is not allowing any alternatives to develop yeah right it's a small solution to a far bigger problem and there are solutions that can attack different things but it's in many ways once once this i saw the kind of interest people have in participating not just in arguing back and forth, but actually participating in it, it created possible solution. You know, this could be a, 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 a case uh, study to see if we can get it done as, as a group and in a quick enough pace and it's efficient enough. There are other things as group we can accomplish there. Yeah. Solutions that can be attacking the, the, the larger problems from legislative uh, actions, actually at the state level, certain things you can actually change when it comes to boring things like contract provisions on a state level that can have massive impact on how this is on, on uh, the deplatforming and later on the small little things you can you can affect that can help not just this e but effort but a, a lot of people with their interactions online so there's a the if this is successful if i'm capable of actually working through a group and actually getting it accomplished you know that creates a potential for other things down the line that can help in a greater sense uh, uh, solve this problem. So yeah. I'm excited. It's interesting. Uh, last question I already know the answer to, at least I think I do. Have you reached out to Jack Conti about this or have you received a Jack Conti response? I did not speak to him, nor did I receive oh, anything I, from I, uh, them. Imagine my shock. Yeah. Uh, if, if you do receive that, I'd like to hear about it. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> I'll make sure. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thanks for making time for us, uh, Lior. We have uh, your YouTube channel and your Twitter accounts linked in the description. Is there anywhere else you'd like to direct people if they're looking to find you? Yeah, they can just go to the website YouTuber Law. Right now it's a small one, but we're working on, on creating it, turning into a source for how people can engage and can actually contribute by engaging their own representatives and engaging their senators and helping us communicate with different organizations so it's youtuber laws is basically being developed into a tool that other people can can help participate through and it's dot com youtuberlaw.com yes, YouTuber right. find awesome. leor there we appreciate you making the time and thanks for tuning in everyone have a great night bye-bye
I didn't. I forgot to unmute myself. I spoke too soon. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Hold on. I got a little too satisfied. I thought, ooh, I did it. <laughs> I did it without a glitch. Oh, no. But I had my mic muted for safety reasons because I saw you guys speculating in the chat about what I may or may not be doing. And uh, I'll have he you know. Was I was being productive. pooping. I actually that, could not mute my mic. And then I accidentally sat on Caesar a little bit and yeah. yelped during that interview. So sorry about the, uh, the false alarm too, at the end of the interview where we said, good night, everybody. Cause originally we thought we were going to do this interview at the end of the episode. Like we usually do. Then I kind of realized it's not very fair to the guests to just bury them behind like a wall of super chat, for example, yeah. or something else. So of course, thanks to, to Lior for making time for us. And I hope everybody enjoyed the interview and I hope uh, his project does well. We're up against the clock. Gosh, man. That's, It'll be a long that's, show. That's okay. what I get for feeling self-satisfied about my technical prowess. <laughs> I almost did it too. So close. Okay. Um, let's let's do maybe five minutes of super chat before we we got um, Ocasio's uh, interesting points at a conference this week, and then we got um, another tranny freakout and some surprise cringe before we get out of here. So let's do maybe barely five minutes. a tranny, just barely. Yeah. All right, uh, five minutes. Uh, John Martin says, wait, wasn't Nathan Phillips at the My Lay Massacre? <laughs> and wouldn't that make him a, a Vietnam epic veteran fridge repair? I think he's a little bighorn veteran. I think, <laughs> I think he was there. I think he got Custer. Andrew Grove said, did you hear about the Muslim-majority town getting angry that their kids are being taught the gender identity politics in school? One was angry that her six-year-old was asking if she could be a boy. Yeah, this is the full circle thing. Like, we're moving back to patriarchy one way or another. Mm. Um, this is from Astro Haterade. Just read, just read Brittany Pettibone's book. It was phenomenal. Thank you for the recommendation, Blonde. Absolutely recommend it. Yes, um, everybody get Brittany Pettibone's book on Amazon. It is called What Makes Us Girls. It's an excellent read. Um, and I'm in the inscription. So oh, yeah, yeah I, I saw that, yeah. I was so proud when I read it. I was like... <laughs> cried a little yeah sk says good old ilan omar asked for compassion for a group of nine men leaving to join isis high quality decision making minnesota yeah they have a somali problem downskated said on sargon's discord live stream tonight he admitted that he's going to copy matt's video style going forward so, so congrats wow. on being a trendsetter <laughs> can we call the dem primary operation rolling cringe I like. can, can we okay all right i'm just gonna be honest i appreciate i love Sargon's stuff he's been hugely influential on me I don't know what the deal is because Sargon has said publicly several times, yeah, I'll go on their show. Meanwhile, I talk to Sargon and say, hey, dude, you can come on our show if you want. He, he doesn't even know who I am. He referred to me as the blonde woman. That's it. We got to get a harassment campaign to get Sargon on this show. It, it seems we... to be, it seems like that's, what's, that's what it's going to take. No, it's going to take a harassment campaign to get Karen Strawn on the show. <laughs> She's in the chat too tonight. I know, I saw. Yeah. I'm only saying this because I wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Lopez, no note. He didn't even call us faggots today. That's wow. great. We must be doing a good job. Um, John Doe, Kirsten Gillibrand, beating a metaphor to bloody death. Yuck. That was surprise cringe level hard to watch. Mm. Message deleted, which I guess we've realized is censored. Some, some kind of censorship, yeah. And no note, I'm sorry. Um, okay. Stormy Horseface McDaniel, McDaniels from my crotch to yours, and then a bunch of crab emoticons. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, of course. Friend Wise says the number one problem facing this country is the absence of involved, responsible fathers, says Larry Elder. Do you agree with this statement? And how has your father or father figures played a role in your life? Love, love, love the show. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, single mothers are destroying an entire generation of young men. Hmm. Uh, 
my father has played a large role in my life. He's been a good role model. I'm sure you would say the same about your dad. Oh, absolutely. I, my parents play fundamentally different but equally important supportive roles in my life. My mom is like the classic unconditional nurturer. And my dad is sort of like the adventurer guide. And that's kind of the role that genu generally you expect parents to play. So, and that, that's what I hope to emulate with my kids in the future too, you know? Oh, so, so of course it's, it's not a, people always think it's like better or worse. My parents played equally important and equally definitely. supportive roles yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, um, should I just, maybe I'll just hop into Streamlabs and then we'll, I know we're going to have a mountain of super chat at the end of the show, but I yeah, would sure. like to get through the topics. Um, Redicus says, do you feel guilty for blaming the victim for waiting for a bus Savannah referencing the tweet? There's a special place in hell for adults who blame kids for the actions of adults. Fair point. Bryn says, Oh my God, I have to go back down to DC for work this week. And you guys are keeping me sane. I'm already tired of the deflections I'll have to do about my politics, but the Covington situation just reaffirms why I can't disclose my leanings. Much love. Uh, to you both. Well, thank you and thank have you. a good trip. Brian Williams. Hey, Matt, Streamlabs uh, is the way to go to avoid Super Chat's supercut. The Russian bot farm commented on Joe Rogan's show number one, or 1232, Nick DiPaolo. Even though Joe is an open leftist, he and Douchey D wear the mask of objectivity on their propaganda outlets. I don't know. I don't think of Joe as like a propaganda guy. I just think of him as a guy who has a colossally, a colossally bad take from time to time. I think he's trying to do it right, and I don't think he's trying to pursue a narrative necessarily. I don't get that. The Kavanaugh thing was a bit of a litmus test. I hate to be bad. like a single issue person if I'm just going to write somebody off, but but the people that were like, oh, well, I mean, he clearly did it. I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just think you're retarded. Like, what am I supposed to say about this? New username on Streamlabs. Wet W word back C word 47. <laughs> F this Indian C word. I don't know. What do I do? Do I censor? Some of these are like, you guys are, you guys are putting me against the wall here. These latest few weeks have made me uh, not believe anything these uh, mainstream media types report anymore. I was always sort of lenient, but, uh, but fuck them. I won't be forgotten. Uh, I won't be forgetting this shit anytime soon. I have no yep. sympathy for these bloggers that uh, got laid off. Yeah, and that's the difference too, is like I don't have to sympathize them with them for getting laid off. I'm not gonna actively campaign to remove their jobs. I'm not gonna try to like go after them in some Jared Holt way and get them fired. That said, to the extent a lot of them are producing partisan hackery, I don't have to like sympathize when the market decides that their right. job is not good. This is just market yeah. forces. They got edged out by independent content creators. And if they yeah. have something worthwhile to say, they can build their own platform. I don't care yeah. about this at all. Start a YouTube channel. Get yeah. them super chats. Rusty Dog says, last week I met a stranger on the street and kicked him in the nuts. In light of the chief's forgiveness of the kid, I'm inspired to forgive the man on the street for his role in our incident. Still traumatized, though. Got to go uh, set up my GoFundMe page. I'll help you out. Set that up. I'll help you out. Okay. Um, let's see if we can get through the rest of the topics before the top of the hour, which is a tall order. We might have a little bit of a long run tonight, oh, given okay. Super Chat. But, uh, but anyway, uh, our, favorite, uh, our favorite person, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was at a Martin Luther King Jr. event called ML MLK Now in uh, New York over the weekend, or actually on Monday, I should say. And she had a couple of uh, comments that made the rounds this week. The first of which is that apparently we have 12 years until the Ocasio-Pocalypse. That's forthcoming. And she's, uh, she's warning us all about it. Let's hear what she had to say. Millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, 
the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And like this is the war. This is our World War II. And I think for younger people, we're looking at this and we're like, how how are we saying let's take it easy Mm -hmm. when 3000 Americans died last year? How are we saying let's take it easy when the nth person has just uh, died from from our cruel and unjust criminal justice system? How are we saying take it easy when the America that we're living in today is so dystopian? This is like war, you know? (laughs) What? Wow, that was astonishingly stupid. It makes what me think 3,000 like, people, what are you talking? I don't know. I don't even know. The 3,000 people who died, what, 9-11 or something? I like, don't what know. Are you talking what, about? what are you talking about? Um, this is the sort of stuff that makes me think maybe a, maybe a World War II would be good. <laughs> you could use a little perspective. The dystopian America we live in. Dude, there's never been a better time, right. a more right. prosperous time with more opportunity available for you than right now in the United States of America. The idea that it's some festering hellhole with ringworm everywhere is <laughs> here momentarily. Name a time and a place in history you'd rather live than New York City where you are right now, lady. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is this, To her point, maybe struggle is a good thing. It gives you a little perspective. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. She she had she lacks perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, and she's not that young. She's what, 29? Right? Yeah, I think I think she yeah. She's Shouldn't you have gained some yet. life experience by the age of 29? I mean, that's about when we were starting our channels, right? I don't know. Or we were like 27 or 28? Yeah, yeah, around that age. We were leagues ahead of her. I mean, you should have figured out you have enough life experience in your late 20s where where you shouldn't be sounding like a college know-it-all socialist. And and it, just to consider what she's saying, too, if my choices are gamble with the apocalypse or hand over uh, control of the economy and the world's energy sources to AOC, I'll take gamble with the apocalypse, please, every yeah. time. Put a thousand dollars on it right now. In fact, uh, that's a gamble I'm willing to take. I think it's a far riskier gamble to give her the uh, the keys to the entire country and say, please save us from the forthcoming apocalypse that's 12 years from now i didn't at first i thought that was kind of a joke like why was she being that specific she can't be serious and then i realized that she has this 2030 green new deal plan like there is some deadline set at 2030 where oh they really think, i thought it was just arbitrary like she was saying I, I like think it's a, 12 years or something i think it's a reference to this 2030 green new deal bit wow that is that's what she means 2030 is the big year so hopefully we're still doing this show in 2030 and we can have a an update to the story my mom thinks you're hilarious. Oh, good. Well, hi, Blonde's mom. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you think that. Or actually, she knows me very well. That's all. That's all. <laughs> okay. uh, so you had more to say about uh, whether or not no. it's moral to be a billionaire. Moral to be a billionaire. This is what she had to say at the event. Do we live in a moral world that allows for billionaires? Is that a moral outcome in and no, of itself? It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. And... It's not, and I think it's, it's important to say that, I, I, I don't think it's not, it, that necessarily means that all billionaires are immoral. It is right. not to say that someone like Bill Gates, for example, or Warren Buffett mm-hmm. are, are immoral people. I do not believe that. But I believe- but he kicks his dog right, or Right, like yeah, that, right? I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not yeah. saying that, but I do think a system that allows billionaires to exist mm. when 
there are parts of Alabama where, where people are still getting ringworm because they don't have access to public health mm -hmm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. We have to steal people's money because of the ringworm. That's another unfortunate AOC still frame that that paused on. Check she that out. She probably should have picked another ailment. That one's just a minor inconvenience. Every wrestler at my high school had ringworm. I, I, I legitimately Googled before the show and I could not find an answer. Ringworm survival rate. It's I'm pretty sure it's very high, but I couldn't find an official CDC stat. Well, what is she talking about? I mean, but my that, question about this is at what cutoff do you start taking people's money away? Is it one billion dollars? You can make nine hundred and ninety nine, you know, like. And at what cutoff is it immoral? And that's that's the thing right. that doesn't make any sense is for her to cop out and say, well, I don't think the individual billionaires are immoral, but the system is immoral. Well, they're working within the system to right. acquire the wealth that you consider to be immoral. There's no arbitrary number that is immoral you have to ask did this person acquire their wealth their assets through immoral or deceptive or dishonest means right and if right. they didn't that just means they're like warren buffett or bill gates who by the way made millions if not billions of people's people's lives better through their products or their exactly. investments or whatever and she's operating on the assumption and i see leftists and socials especially um operating under this assumption that there's only a fixed amount of money that can be uh, divvied up, but really yeah, exactly. they want to be thinking about the wealth that's being created. You can create yeah. more wealth by having these huge companies and these billionaires living. You want to have a high number of billionaires in your country. You're going to have a lot of wealth. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what her plan is here. Like we shouldn't allow people to make a certain amount of money. What does she say? That's a system that allows it. That allows billionaires. And that's such a weird thing to say too. What do you mean allow? Right. What do you mean allow a person to acquire wealth freely it sounds yeah. like she wants to legislate redistribution of wealth above a certain income right meanwhile she's the moral one she's going to take people's property right. and redistribute it to ringworm poor ringworm victims in and out <laughs> but just to return to the ringworm theme thing which maybe you're um you know overkilling this but the point is that ringworm is not even a thing like cancer where preventative care might actually help your survival. It's just a thing you get from like touching gross things. Yeah. There's nothing that a, like a, a primary physician can do to prevent you from getting ringworm other than like tell you not to be gross or go in gross places. Yeah. And it's so, super treatable. I think you just put an ointment on it and that's it. What do you, how much of Warren Buffett's money would you have to take to stop ringworm? She could wipe out ringworm in the world with like 0.05% of Warren Buffett. We're going to have to hire all the illegals to <laughs> clean every gym bathroom in the country with Warren Buffett's money to stop the ringworm <laughs> epidemic. This is a person in Congress. Uh, yeah. God, dude. And people okay. are going to be getting more of this. This millennial type, this yeah. socialist millennial. I mean, that's that's what they want, right? Yeah. But she's the moral one, so we all got to listen. Can we all uh, just agree that this is because she's kind of hot? That this is only happening because she's. Uh, kind of well, hot. I, the, you've got some pushback. I, I will admit that she has her moments. I'm not. I've. There are some people in the chat and in the emails who fully disagree with that assessment. I'll admit that she has her moments, but to challenge you, I will submit the still frame that this video is on right now. That's a rough one. <laughs> okay, so I, I mean, she's a politics eight. She's a general public. Seven and a half. Fair distinction. Well, she's, I mean, for Congress, she might be a 10. She might be the hottest member of Congress. I don't know. She's got some okay angles, but those nostrils, they haunt my dreams. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, if you want to haunt your dreams worse, we could talk about this transgender person at the- uh... That was that was skillful. That was three <sighs> years of transitions in the making.
Speaking of transitions, there's this this person, this TV personality and transgender model, Savannah Maria Garcia, who posted a video to Facebook last Sunday of a heated interaction at an Alamo car rental store. Uh... Well, there's an underrated part I want to talk about this, but it's it's the general. I'll speak about it after the clip is over. But the general theme is much like uh, the GameStop encounter, where she was, he was, whatever this this person was misgendered. We shouldn't be a, honoring this stupid gender pronoun thing. Uh, no, I I don't. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in that team too, where I'm Especially going to refer to. Especially when they're not even trying. It's like he. cut it off, or I'm not going to call you a she. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. Let's check out the freak out. Alamo is being fucking rude. She was real rude with her black ass. And she called me at home. She supposed to be at work. And y'all going viral, honey, on Facebook. You too. Bad bitch with no hey, neck. Hey, <laughs> so, and you called me a yeah. sir. I'm not a sir. I'm a ma'am. I'm a sir. I'm a ma'am. Get out. I'm a ma'am. I'm a ma'am. I'm a ma'am. You being rude. Okay. I'm a ma'am. I'm a ma'am. My ID say female. He's being rude. <laughs> know your pronouns. Know your pronouns. Know your pronouns. Know your pronouns. Know your pronouns, honey. Know your fucking pronouns. It's a world out here. <laughs> it's a fucking world out here. Know your fucking pronouns. Stupid. Miss. Suck my dick. Like you said, man. Him. Suck my dick. Please get out. Please get out. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, the underrated part is when she goes up to that desk lady and says, you f- you're a fat bitch with no neck. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was pretty classic in addition to the suck my dick part. Apparently oh. this guy was on uh, the Jerry Springer show in Hollywood Divas season three. I don't know what that is. Oh, but that's the God. TV personality angle. Wow. Uh, and it's going to get weirder from here. The surprise cringe that is, I have that to to round out the show. Uh, so let's, well, I will say this due to, uh, copyright Nazism from ITV, the British TV station, slight spoiler. They're like the worst copyright Nazis on YouTube. So in order to avoid their copyright Nazism, I have to basically play audio of this interview over still frames from the interview. You'll still get an idea of who's talking and what they're saying. It just doesn't have the full video and all. I like it better when you mirror image it and then blur everything out and make it. I tried. They even picked that up. (laughs) I had the the video like 25%, like just a tiny little thing in the middle of the screen that even got picked up. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing I could do. So we'll have to make do. Now, our next guest, are you hot? Are you all right? Yeah, fine. Good, good. Began life in Germany as a light-skinned blonde girl, making headlines around the world when she had injections to change the color of her skin. Over the past two years, Martina Big has radically altered her appearance in order to become a black woman. When I was younger, I admired the curves. My next step is going to pump up my lips also. My eye color has changed. My eyebrow color has changed. I like the curves of black women, and I want to... Um, Get them. Well, Martina is here now alongside her new husband, Michael. And good morning to both of you. Thank you for joining us here today. Because there's been other changes also, because it's not just been yeah, the skin. Also, for me, you can see and the skin is getting darker from the beginning, from the first week. Yeah. But in the course of time, you also could see the eye color is getting darker, the eyebrow color is getting darker. Regrowing hair is changing the structure, it's getting curly and more dark, and also everything changed. Being black is not only being different color, it's, yes. it's all everything in total. For example, when I go outside now, I'm getting in touch with the dark people much easier, and I have um, 
a lot of stuff when I compare to my yeah. African friends. I have more um, with them common than with my German friends. There's a lot friends. of people that will be watching this mm. that, that will be upset about what you're saying, that they will find that this is... They'll be offended by what you're saying because they will feel that culture, heritage, um, history... I was able to learn in um, February. I was in Kenya. It was also, I have a lot of uh, invitings from all over Africa, but mm. in, from Kenya I got the most invitings. And so I travelled to Kenya to learn more about the histories and the cultures. Several weeks I lived there with everyday life. And for example, the Maasai yeah. told me or teach me how to um, make fire without lighter. Mm. We go to the, the river and yes. collect the mm. wood and, and uh, carry it back. African on people like Martina uh, very much, for example, uh, when we uh, go to uh, get out uh, the car in uh, Kenya downtown, there came a lot of people, oh, I knew you, I know you from the uh, British and US TV mm. and uh, you are idle for me. One day you are thinking about <laughs> having babies. You've been told by a doctor that your children will be black? Yeah, they said they will be black. And, they and if said... that baby is not, because I'm trying to think biologically yes. how that's imp um, I can't see how that's possible yeah. genetically. Um, if it's not, will you feel close if you give birth to a white child? It's, it's a mix of Michael and me. It will, also, I will be able, also, I'm pretty sure it will be black. Or if it is milk chocolate how? or a little bit lighter, it doesn't okay. matter. All right. I, really... I have to. I look at it as your body, your choice. Yeah. I, are you happy? Absolutely. What a hero. Your body, your choice. Oh my it might God. be milk chocolate. You never know. We have a Rachel Dolezal situation here. <laughs> and this is what is happening with tranny culture. Men are seeing that there's a, there's a subset of men that are in this dejected population. They're seeing that they, there are a lot of benefits to being a woman, especially being a, tran a transsexual woman. You're just going to get a lot of attention. People are going to be nicer to you. You can claim minority status. So we're seeing this in Western Europe too. These people are German, right? Yes. Yeah, her um, name is Martina Big and her husband Michael, and they're Michael, from Germany. Michael yeah. Big, that guy's name is Michael Big. I, apparently, I don't know if they share a last name, but his name might be Michael Big. I mean, this is just insane. This is this is end of days shit. She's uh, she's some kind of model in this this racial transition. Uh, this Rachel Dolezal plus that she's been doing this extremist Rachel Dolezal stuff it includes melanin melanin injections for both her and her husband but you'll notice michael has not had the positive reaction that martina has had uh she also let me see if there's photos in this article her transformation has also included um augmentation to to get size 32s boobs thought to be the biggest in europe wow yeah not insane at all <laughs> and then the most baffling thing is like how does she think her kids are gonna end up black well, uh, because she was anointed black by the Kenyans after she carried water from the river to their village or I'm whatever. calling it. I'm making a, a blonde prediction right now. She's going to bang some Kenyan dude and she's going to have a black <laughs> baby and she's going to be like, Michael, look at your son. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair prediction. And then maybe they'll go on some show to do. Maybe they'll maybe they'll go on Mari to do it to do a test. Michael, you so are bad. not the father. I can't yeah. believe it. <laughs> No. So she no. went to Kenya and she's like, this place is awesome. <laughs> now, these people, granted, are insane. It's understated <laughs> yeah. to me how insane the the interviewers are for giving credibility to this sort of thing. Well, it's your body, your choice. Well, yeah, I guess I'm not saying I want this to be illegal, but let's not pretend this is normal non-freak show activity. Yeah. Uh, to, to just pretend like, well, I, I don't see a problem with this sort of thing. I guess she's not harming anybody, but come on, dude, this is weird as hell. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to say, too, is to the point that you were making earlier about transgenderism, 
If you think this is ridiculous, but not transgenderism, I need to know the difference. What, if anything, is different? Because this is a person who wants to be something biologically that she is not. So she's made physical alterations in pursuit of it. And we're all supposed to say, yeah, you're black. And I can't wait to see your milk chocolate baby with Michael. (laughs) I I guess, like to the guy's point, I guess live the life that you want to live. I'm not going to try to shut you down, but... I don't but have I don't to pretend to that you're a, that you're a yeah. black person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you buy the story about all the Kenyans saying, "Oh, you're an idol to us," and holding the car door open and all this thing? Like she's she's uh, driving no. down downtown down the streets of downtown Nairobi, and every Kenyan is just <laughs> it's just fawning after her. That's what we're supposed to believe. Oh, also, God. it seems kind of racist that it's like, well, to become a legit African, I had to go to some weird tribe in Kenya and carry water on my yeah. shoulders back from the creek to their undeveloped tribe. That's how I became legitimately black. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just okay. why people are demonized in Germany. And so people see that it becomes advantageous to be part of a minority group. And so they're <laughs> just finding ways. I yeah. mean, if, are we going to act like this is normal? Is this, or are we going to do that? ITV is apparently, but the comments are disabled. I went to the YouTube video to have a look at the juicy comments. It's about a 50 up, 50 down like-dislike ratio, but no comments to feast your eyes upon, unfortunately. We got to start doing this with trannies, too. Doing what? Being like, this is weird. This is not a thing. We're not doing this anymore, whatever it is. I, like, I would live your own life, find whatever, but I don't have to act like any of this is normal or like we have a healthy society for yeah. accepting it. Well, I, I would love to hear someone tell me a distinction, like someone to explain to me why Caitlyn Jenner is totally acceptable, totally legit. This is something that's silliness. I'd I've love heard to people hear. make the distinction between um, like your racial identity and your sexual identity. Like one of them has more choice involved or something like that. I, mm. I don't know, really. But I don't know why that would matter. It's also not sexual identity necessarily. It's gen- gender, like right. sex and gender, not just yeah. who you're attracted to. Yeah, but it stands to reason that if you're like, I am a man trapped in a woman's body, that you can be like, I am a black person trapped in a white person's body. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of super chat, I think. So let's. Uh, that was let's not get at nearly as demoralizing as the last. That one, one was kind of a fun one, even though it was super weird. It was really weird. Um, I had seen her before, though. I had not. This is a uh, this is the first I time I've seen, seen pictures. Martina I seen Big. Um, David Scheffler says, I know you two aren't religious, but as a religious person, her use of the scripture to equate her particular political pro-abortion anti-Christian platform to the work mm. of the church is infuriating. Um, this being Kirsten mm, Gillibrand, I assume. Must be, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Slosher says, Blonde, I'm still waiting for you to start a fashy book club. I just finished <laughs> reading Crime and Punishment and loved it. Yes, it's one of my favorite books. I mm. should start a fashy book club. I'm not a fascist, Mom did. Um, hippie in disguise escape the 5g slave grid and get off grid with self-sustainable earthship i don't know what any of that means that's uh yeah that's greek to me i'm sorry hippie in disguise we don't know what you're talking about but thank you dan lopez says matt do you have plans to do a video on sb501 in oregon it's the most insane gun control ever proposed and will likely pass given the democrat supermajority i have not i've only heard like headline level stuff about this in your own description so i guess i should take a look at it maybe i'll consider that for this week if you got like a good summary article send it send me an email oh we have a matt and i once made love throwback matt and i once made love he handled me like a 1911 really slapped his magazine in my mag well if you know what i mean okay i'll catch you guys (laughs) on audio tomorrow as always keep it classy mom and dad this is a bit 
everybody thinks Matt's gay. So that's that's where this started. Right? Everybody thinks every everyone claims to have firsthand knowledge and experience. <laughs> Yeah. And we have to read all these. So, um, Eggy Jet Pilot, keep on rocking, you money grabbers. That we are. Well, Cynic at says, Donga hungry, Donga reach to grab berries. Grab Daddy Willie, Daddy no. Fair enough. This is my job. This is like what I do for a living. <laughs> um, Danger Pudge, Crenshaw made a great case for Trump reopening government. Uh, makes the Dems look like shit. They're going to have a tough time getting around it. Yeah, but they don't think that. I think that it's a real mistake for him to show weakness to his base. Hmm. Well, maybe Crenshaw's right. I'm a big fan. I like that guy. Boogeyman917. It looked like white savior Kirsten Gillibrand was giving the old Heil salute there for a second. It cracks me up how white leftists talk down to black people. They don't see them as equals. Cheers. That's exactly what I said to you when I watched the clip. I'm like, this is so racist. Yeah. <laughs> She's acting like a preacher. She's up there like, woo, all this energy. Oh, God. Yeah. Kirsten Sorensen, one of your female listeners here. Hey, girl. It's not spelled the same, but I hate sharing a name with Kirsten Gillibrand. She's so mm. dumb. I feel worse for my sister, Hillary. Kirsten <laughs> and Hillary? That's a rough deal. Rough. Oh, my God. Where's What about Kamala? I know. You Kamala I hope you guys all have big boobs, just for your sake. <laughs> Make your life easier. Tim K says, if these public meetups pick up steam, would you two be up to coordinating a live show sometime? Drinks on me. Uh, yeah, totally. That'd be great. Yeah, if there was demand for something like that, I'm uh -huh. sure we could probably figure it out. Deathfield says, forget the wall. I prefer my idea of a military experimental weapon testing facility that just so happens to be right on the border. If some immigrants happen mm. to wander in, well, oops. I like it. <laughs> what I would like better is like 50 feet of minefields like they have in North Korea. Yeah. yeah, make a little game out of it. You know? <laughs> We've been talking about that for a while. Add some intrigue, man. Yeah, totally. Some traps, Quantum, catapults. Some traps. Yeah, we could yeah. really go all out like a real life video game. Yeah. Lions. Uh, quantum football. Matt and I once made love in Cleveland. Oops, the secret's finally out. Not very <laughs> inventive, but thank you for not making me say anything gross. Um, Jay Edgar says, Matt and I once made love on his new website. I stuck my envelope in his inbox and yelled, you've got mail, M-A-L-E, if you know what I mean. You guys are all queer, every yeah, last one of you. Seems so. Uh, Caleb Sparks, no note. Thank you, sir. I would, uh, I would say so, yeah. 275 Bear, love how the left hates conspiracy theories, but love the biggest one in history, i.e. the Mueller investigation. Thank you for the Sunday sanity. Yeah, they really are. I, I just can't. Every time we talk about this, I'm like, I can't believe we're still doing this. Semper yeah. Ad Meliora, the journalism layoffs remind me of how Stalin killed all of his lieutenants after they carried out his orders. This is how the left works. Exactly. Mm. I love watching them cannibalize. Beaner, 8127, great show as always. Matt and I once made love at the Lincoln Memorial. He banged me like a Phillips drum in front of Blonde who just smirked aggressively. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Big LC. <clears throat> ah, the fired BuzzFeed and HuffPost st staff want people to stop making fun of their firing by telling them to learn to code after they spent last week calling for the Covington kids' blood. Womp womp. Yeah. Slasher says hello to Rebecca's parents. Thanks for raising a great daughter and an even better son. She is adding value to our lives every week. Thank you so much. And mom and dad, that's because it's an ongoing gag on the show. It's because Matt's kind of gay for my brother. Yeah, right? I'm playing the long game to get to him. Yeah. Uh, which, which, if they're not aware, we did meet once. We hung yeah, out one time. They did. And yeah. they really hit it off. It was yeah. queer. <laughs> Seagram's Jen, don't overlook in Parkland that Hogg's dad was part of the FBI. Not being there, having 29 officers for Stone is BS. Both were on purpose. The Dems are using the FBI as their Gestapo. Mm. I can get behind some conspiracy theories on the Hogg thing. <laughs> I hate that kid. 
Liz P. Foxy Liz, blonde and I once made love our core voting issue for the upcoming 2020 election. She's also a really good person and her parents should be really proud. Oh. <laughs> My made loves are so much less disgusting than yours. Yeah, that one's like sincere. That doesn't no. count. Check your spillage. You did good, Mama and Papa Blonde. You did good. She had enough sense and integrity to publicly stand against the perverse orthodoxy of current year. Brave girl. Wife and I listen every week. Much mm. love. Thank you so much. Hits me right in the feels. My cold, dark heart. Neo <laughs> Zono. It's really not that important that Nathan Phillips served in Vietnam. It's that the media was either incompetent in their research or manipulating yeah. their readers. We need to demand better journalism. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, it became a relevant fact because right. of the way it was inserted and not checked exactly everybody just yeah. ran into this story without doing any preliminary research and they only watched the one clip like nobody yeah. looked for the larger uh video yeah julie v i really hope trump invites the covington boys of the white house nick showed the world that conservatives shouldn't cut down the chief lying one tooth and the lying one tooth <laughs> that's good that's good he's got at least four no, what, what did I call about? him? I called him Five Tooth Tonto earlier. Oh, is that what it was? That was good. All right. That was good. Um, Ryan G. Blonde, your look of pure visceral disgust towards Gillibrand has awakened an erotic need in me for me to, <laughs> for you to step on me, senpai. Definitely screen cap <laughs> that face for use later. I, I just can't. It's like the look of a stupid leftist pandering. It's, it's, I've got a specific facial expression for it. Larson Dillon, what does it say about the media's level of expectation of blacks that they entirely ignored the, vi the vile behavior of the black Hebrews? Yeah. Does the media still hold to the noble, savage stereotype of Native Americans? Absolutely they huh. do. She just softballed him so hard, like his life has been so difficult. Sorry about those smallpox blankets. Uh, Sinek 8, those black Israelites are on record saying hail Hitler in World War II camps was a godsend towards a Jew. They also said all whites should be in chains and executed. They also said like some weird stuff about white people stealing organs. And yeah. we talked about it last week. And I did not know, but this is like a real conspiracy in the black community. That white people will steal black people's yeah, organs? Yeah, that they'll like huh. um, find different ways to harvest black people's organs to keep us alive for mm. longer. Yeah. Um, weird reality lobster kamala harris screwed major willie brown her way into san francisco politics hashtag who you blow matt and i once made love in a rolla <laughs> ooh, rolla missouri public restroom and now i carry the toilet seat around for awareness he also oh my, said oh wow oh wow he sent that twice i'm sorry dude um we did get your super chat two times i don't think we can even refund you i think there's a way to do that directly with youtube so if, if you that, want to get half of your money back because you did um, read twice. Or yeah, otherwise we could probably arrange something. Uh, so send us an email, but I think there's a way to actually get refunded directly from YouTube if you didn't mean to send that twice. I can I can do a few if you need a break. Oh, I'm cool. Uh, fake okay. name McGee. I don't talk about my Iraq times because I was a goddamn... Pogue. Pogue? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, like this guy never caught any hate for it. Why can't people just be honest? Because yeah. he, he has to uphold his victimhood. You know, yeah. That's why. Uh, recent evil Nathan Phillips is a liar. He's not even a Native American as he claims he's actually a Mexican American. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, this guy addicted to meth. A Mexican. That's a good one. All right. But I like it. Scott Allen, the guy in the video talking about Nathan Phillips is a former Navy SEAL Don Shipley who makes That's videos right. on YouTube busting military, in particular yeah. Navy SEAL footage. And thanks for, for clarifying that. He he does deserve credit because he did all he's doing good work and he did a lot of great work on this story. Uh, rational orc old nathan appears to have lived a very good life hustling stupid white people the good news is that he finally got busted will this go down as one of the great red pilling stories in history i really think so and that's the silver line lining of covington's story and all stories like it it awakens younger generations and it really makes people see that the media cannot be trusted 
Um, Matt Dath, Savannah Guthrie, and Nathan Phillips deserve a catapult ride to a mental hospital. Yes. Rachel Jane, another Foxy listener. Wow, great interview, guys. I'm excited to watch the full show tomorrow. Thanks for all the amazing content you provide every week. It's so valuable to me. And I know so many others. Happy Sunday. Our ladies are so nice to us. Mm. They never make me say anything disgusting. Yeah. Uh, tons more. Cowbell says YouTube. Oh, that's, STLRZ. A that's a link to a YouTube video. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty dumb. Um, <laughs> XTLRC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here is a good, there's no dot in it. There's no period in that. Yeah, I know. It's probably because they don't allow spamming. So we had to format it differently. Here's a good clip of Rogan and uh, Apollo discussing Trump's lies. Rogan literally says WAPO can't lie. Also, Matt, what brand of hoodie is that? I need a good one. It's a Vans hoodie. No, this is actually just a plain old American apparel, like the plain blank one from their website. Yeah. I got like two or three of these. Wow, I know your wardrobe, don't I? Close, close, yeah. Relentless smirk of racial harassment says, you guys should get Christian Weston Chandler as a guest on the show. Truly hmm. an inspiring individual. We'll have to check it out. Uh, Karen Strawn. That Karen. That Karen. Thanks for interviewing Leo. Also, Matt and I once made love. Then the FTC investigated us and found us to be in violation of <laughs> antitrust law. <laughs> I guess so. Jack Sparrow, buy more guns and watch Hoaxed. It's amazing. Is Hoaxed out? Uh, I think it is, yeah. And always buy more guns. Always buy more guns. That is always the answer. J-Rock, Matt and I once made love, but Blonde's parents were watching, so we tried to keep it respectable. Ah, good. Ryan PG. Hill, did you see the video of the father wearing a t-shirt that said smash the patriarchy and chill, getting uh, killed by police at his kid's school? Whoa. Oh my God, Tim Poole covered it. No. Whoa, I got to check this out. This is news to me. Damn. Um, dangerous spaces. There were so many lies by the media even after they were busted. CNN saying was, was saying they couldn't get Phillips' record because of the shutdown. Mm. Ah, oh my God, are you serious? The yeah. same records Don Shipley got as a single individual. Right. Um, M43OD says 12 years and coincidentally just in time for the UN agenda 2030 we're not going back to caveman life to chase a missed carbon neutrality threshold do you want to yeah. take over sure Jeremy uh, says longtime listener here I want to take advantage of super chat to tell my wife Michaela I love her very much thanks oh, I know she's listening that's well, can, sweet yeah uh, thanks Jeremy and Michaela for tuning in Han says, like a good feminist, I try to judge women on their minds. AOC is attractive until she opens her mouth and talks. Yeah, fair enough. The Stampede says, longtime listener, never donated, but love your work. Keep it up. And for Matt, I somehow found and bought an 1860 Colt Army. I hope the wife doesn't kill me. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, as we said previously, the answer is always more guns. Uh, and hopefully you found a spouse who shares that philosophy, although it's less common among the women folk, I think. And stay away from the babysitter. She really will kill you with it. <laughs> Wandering uh, says, don't tell Sean King or Rachel Dole's all about this procedure. Don't tell them shit. <laughs> Going to Africa was a mistake. All right. Uh, it would have been better if she got the melanin injections in Africa, in Nairobi. That would have been amazing. John Doe, Blonde says AOC is a general public 3.2 tops. And that's if she had six, if I've had six double whiskeys. Come on. She's like, she's a little butterface, but you know, she's got like a nice she, pair and her she face has her is moments. symmetrical. Yeah. Hmm. Downskated Blonde's face when the German couple is on. I'm crying right now. My sister's crying and I'm sure God is crying. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you for that. I need a drink. Eagle rare bourbon. Give me sweet release. Well, good luck and thanks for tuning in. Steven says for everyone is a now uh the everyone is now dumber monologue from billy madison would be the perfect response to the insane aoc doomsday quote take my shekels you filthy degenerates treat yourselves to something nice we will do that thank you kindly 
Joel Dykeman says, okay, trans black couple has done it. Rev up the helicopters, guys. Make it a cargo helicopter. Weight might be an issue. Agreed. J-Rock says, the story of the woman who thinks her kids will be black bothers me in the same way as the trans guy who thought she could get pregnant. These doctors are liars. Yeah, fair point. Who the hell is the doctor being like, yeah, I think the kid will come out black. Yeah, that sounds fine. I mean, but for all we know, that lady's just lying. She lying. made that up, probably. There's, I there's believe that the tranny that the tranny's doctor told him that though oh, that's such that's that's a sad commentary on society that person needs to have the his medical license or whatever regulations apply removed immediately yeah john uh, martin says blonde vietnam massacre was my lie but the uh nathan phillips vietnam times massacre was my lie the uh, first one is lai then lie sorry and he's dude. a li- and he's a lying pos i gotta read oh i missed your pun i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, a few more. Uh, Jim Nugent says, wasn't going to do it, but the end of day's shit comment put me over the edge. So here's some cash for a good show. Well, thanks for tuning in. Cy Cooper, wish I could watch live. Here's a few shekels to support the show. Thank you, Cy. B. Jones, uh, I coach high school wrestling, and with uh, proper hygiene, we've done. We've had exactly one case of ringworm in two years. AOC is a dumb twant. Twant is an underrated insult. I like it. Uh, yeah, well, you need, you need to steal Warren Buffett's money to deal with that one case mm-hmm. you had. J-Rock says we uh, haven't needed to harvest any black people organs since the government started funding Planned Parenthood. <laughs> wow. That was, that was an aggressive one. Jared Tank says, now since that German chick is black, she can freely say the N-word without any repercussions. Uh, uh, good thing she should she's... try to do that in Nairobi. In Nairobi. See how it goes. She's in for the, she's in for the long haul. I, also, I emailed some fan art last night. Hope you got it. Um, may may have bad. missed well, it, we're... but I think we only had a couple this week, so we might save till next week. We'll do week. it next week, yeah. Stephen Matthews said, sorry, AOC, any full-grown man who speaks like an effing 14-year-old is immediately, or full-grown woman, I should say, uh, who speaks like a 14-year-old is immediately discounted in my book, along with Blossie Ford. Yes, I recall. Indelible on the hippocampus. <laughs> SFSDF. Uh, I will be watching the show tomorrow, just popping in to say that Portland or... Um, just popping in to say that Portlander just got a Discord set up for the meetup, and people should sign up in the Google Doc. So there's a Portland awesome. Discord server apparently in the uh, in the meetup document, which is the route a lot of people are going to organize. So I'm happy to hear that. New New Cavo one. I wish I had the courage. Ooh, I to wish end I the... my life. Don't do it. Send us an email if you want to talk. Salmon. Send uh, me an email because I'll check that. Um, I don't want to miss that email. Big Al says, we need a wall and radicals say no. I'll build it myself. Are you with me? Uh, I guess I guess we tried that with the GoFundMe thing. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, just a few over on Streamlabs. Let me refresh it here. Um, let's see. Uh, Bryn says, I just wanted to give a little more because you had YouTuber law on. I wish I could help him, but my expertise is in bringing medical devices to the market. Lawyers get all the fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the interview. Matt Vicari says, I'll give you another 10 bucks. If you read Smegma Bukaki's comment, it's too aggressive, man. I got to draw the line. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to entertain questions of incest with, you he's know, turning of, red of thinking incest. About it. I'm not going to be like, well, who in my family would I do this? I'm not doing that. All right. I got to draw the line. Grant says, uh, did you guys see the school shooting by a guy with smash the patriarchy and chill shirt? Oh yeah. This was ref- referenced earlier. A news story also says he identifies as they, them. Uh, so apparently that guy was the shooter. This guy. Oh who, really? I yeah, can't so we'll opine, have to check so I don't this know out. anything about this. This is um, news to me. 
Are we like, done on Streamlabs? Uh, one just came in. Okay, yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll get out of here. Eric S. says, as an educator, it scares me to see the, these adults who work with kids still blaming the MAGA hat kids. Keep up the good yeah. work, guys. Always enjoy watching you guys before the work week. Thank you. And I agree. Yeah, it's demoralizing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, it's, it's insane to me that people are willing to put their political persuasions, their ideology over just basic common sense. I, I hate using that term because they co-opted it. But just the basic <laughs> idea that children deserve more deference than adults do because they're not developed mentally right not developed socially only I mean, applies to leftists like are any yeah. of these covington kids going to get into harvard like stupid david hogg with his giant popsicle head no david hogg's life was ruined remember we saw him tweeting about that it was oh ruined my god whatever david, david hogg was handed an opportunity he never earned himself all he did was lay on a grocery store floor and piss off a bunch of people at the public store in florida Ugh. all right well, let's get the hell out of here. Okay. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in and putting up with mild technical difficulties with the mid-show interview. But hey, I think that format works better. And I think we'll try to do that a little bit more going forward as opposed to bury our people at the uh, at the end of the show. So thanks for uh, supporting the show on Super Chat. Thanks for hanging out in the live chat. If you're listening later on demand on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you as well for supporting the show. If you're looking to listen to more material, including Wednesday night's call-in show, you can find those on the audio platform. So check those out. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And you can always send us an email. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com we will be back next sunday and there are some interesting guests learning with us a little bit you know who you are Karen so strong send us an email and we'll host them uh, anyway we'll be back next sunday uh because if it's sunday sorry chuck todd it's not me at the press it's beauty see you then hi guys i'm putting out a video tonight too watch Ooh. it all right Try